What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 14. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the OK Beast. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Uh, you called my bluff, Bless. I, I did. appreciate that. Over the weekend, I tweeted, as everybody else just drunk this entire quarantine, to which you said, are we drinking on PSI Love You? To which I was like, yeah, hell yeah, whatever, doggy dog, some stupid Nick mm -hmm. thing. And then forgot about it. And then we started the show and you had a whiskey. Yep, I got a whiskey right here. I'm I'm already lit, Greg. It's we're already off to a great start. Well, see, I had to right go now. get my own there too. See? Oh, give me a cheers there. Give me a little clinky thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, cheers. Hey, what about it? We're gonna say? Is that is that a big ice cube you got in there? Yeah, it's one of them big uh, round cubes. Where yeah. do you just have those on deck? Why? Do, why would you not let me know? Kevin, uh, we actually mentioned it in the pre-show, and then no, you even just after said, we mentioned oh, it, whiskey, even after we mentioned it, I said I'm gonna go get my whiskey. Why? I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know the the attachment behind it. Go oh, get your hey, right look, go you're get getting your the right. green ring around your squares. Yeah, I told you about that. We warned you about that. Uh, it didn't happen to me till now. Well, they can't even see it, so it doesn't matter. But they Kevin, I, will, I, I want Kevin, go get your bourbon right now. Just go. Do you know where it is? Where is uh, it all? Where is it? Where is it? Do we trust Kevin to run the, the show spot. when he's drinking bourbon? Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it's just stay out of wasted you know running these shows. Exactly. All he has to do is just, you know, know when to chime in and when not to chime in. No big deal, right, Kevin? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Blessing, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Especially now that I got this whiskey. I, I, I think that's the thing that's been missing from my quarantine is alcohol. Oh, wow. uh, I've actually, yeah, I've, I've not had drinks in my place. And it's one of those things where I've not really considered alcohol essential. And so sure. I've not really gone out and, and gotten drinks for the case of being at home alone. Um, but I was I was playing Rainbow Six Siege the other oh. day with some friends. Re, Andrew Renee was there. And oh. Andrew Renee was actually the one that told me about an app called Saucy, who they're not sponsoring us, but sure. Saucy is basically an alcohol delivery app, which oh, yeah. I use today, yeah, in order oh. to get my whiskey and some Angry Orchard. And so now that I now that I'm stocked up, I think I'm I'm doing really good right now. Excellent. That's what I want to hear because yeah, we have a, yeah. a jam packed show uh, full of PlayStation stuff to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about how PlayStation should treat the indies uh, when Ghost of Tsushima is getting delayed and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO, your PlayStation podcast each and every week. Myself and Blessing at AOYA Junior get together, talk about all things PlayStation, whether it be the X's and O's, the trophies, or whatever the hell else we want it to be. Uh, it's a great time. And if you enjoy it, you should go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can submit your questions, your PSN profile for judgment and oh so much more of course you can get the show ad free of course you can get it with the exclusive post show all on patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you have no bucks to toss our way no big deal you can of course go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games you can watch it on demand there it'll have ads no post show plus you won't get to watch it live like the patrons are right now uh but no big deal you can get it there you can get a podcast services around the globe each and every tuesday morning um Let's talk about some housekeeping stuff for you. First and foremost, guess what? PSI Love You XOXO has a shirt now in the store again. Uh, we had the sweatshirt up for a long time. Every time we put up the uh, PSI Love You XOXO sweatshirt on kindoffunny.com slash store, it sells out instantaneous. But we did see a whole bunch of you say, hey, I, I don't really want a sweatshirt. I'd love that as a t-shirt. Well, your wish is our command. The PSI Love You XOXO shirt is now up on uh, kindoffunny.com slash tour as a t-shirt. Kevin's showing it to you right now. If you're a visual listener, you can see it's it. Hot. There it is. It's hot. It's still the hot. Same thing. Speaking of the hotness, of course, shout out to the one and only Ray Narvaez Jr. who sent me the trophies and chill shirt that he put up. You Whoa, can, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, of course, go yeah. to framerate merch.com. Pick it up. Check out his episode of We Have is, Cool Friends too, where he talked about it. 
is that his shirt or is that a shirt he like just suggested no no it's his shirt no he he oh uh, ray and tina run uh frame rate merch.com so you can go there and, oh, you can pick it up. and they have the achievements and show cool. they have the trophies and show so you got all sorts of different stuff heads that's up really as cool. all of you know of course ladies and gentlemen if you are a visual listener as usual you're watching kind of funny programming of course thank you uh remember that i think it's been covered i forget what show kevin you remember when i was talking about the castaway thing with the, the thing give with me the, a little bit more the tooth remember when i said oh this, this is i'm living a castaway moment like the movie t- with tom hanks where he was going to get his tooth worked on, and then he got trapped on a desert island, right? I was going to get my arm worked on. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, what did I say? Desert. No, I can, yeah, you're right. No, that's not right. That's not right at all. Thank Wait. You. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I was going to get my armpits looked at, right? Because I sweat through them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. So I do, I'll put it, I'm putting it out there right now, everybody. All right? Don't worry about it. I know that eventually I'm going to have gross sweat stains on this colored shirt, and it's why Greg Miller doesn't wear colored shirts all that often. So there you go inside baseball uh, Miller, i remember there was a time you almost bought these like uh they were almost like pads pads yeah anthony yeah. carboni gave me the armpit the armpit diapers yeah. you talked How'd about that work out? they were good but like i don't want to put a, a you going full botox? sweatshirts every time huh you're going full botox on this well i just want to talk i just wanted to talk to a medical professional about it but now there's like real things going on and i'm not gonna like go out to talk to what's the mo- what's the most you're willing to do for your armpits you gonna botox them because like if they, if they hey, suggested, we even talked about that on one of our shows. Uh, our shows too. She said it was she, an easy solution. I, well, yeah, but it wears off every three months. What I need to do is have a professional look at them and say, "Oh, here's what we need to do. Are we going to uh, deodorize this? Are we going to do that? What do we? You know what I mean? That's what you. I need. I they. I need real advice. You know what I mean? Mm. Say so at, at what point? Like if, if they suggest laser armpit surgery, similar to, similar to Tim's laser eye surgery, yeah, you doing sure. the same thing. They're oh like, "Yo, God, yeah. if this thing goes wrong, then." I think I think that's a thing. Right I think they do Wait, shoot really? lasers at it. It was. Are there cons to that? Like, like nothing to wrong with thing actual, or this actual, laser. No, no I don't the armpit, because I talked to the doctor yet about what will happen to my armpit. Today. Yeah, because that's the thing is like there's there's consequences if the eye thing goes wrong. If you get laser armpit surgery though, like that's like there's like no risk to that. You can't go blind in your armpit. I mean, what's gonna happen? I sweat. I keep sweating. I already I already live that life. Exactly. You know what I mean, I'm wearing it's it changed my life because I just wear black shirts all the time. So. Black shirts like a piece of shirt on uh, kind of funny.com slash one. Uh, shout out to here's a shout out. I think uh, something cool is happening. Uh, blessing at AOU Junior. Mm-hmm. The Broken Road bl- dot blog. Broken the Broken Road dot blog is doing a days gone week. Uh, they're doing interviews, giveaways, uh, videos, streams, and prizes over there. Uh, one of the kind of funny best friends uh, behind that uh, thing. It's a blog all about days gone. They've been covering it since it came out. I think it's cool that they're honoring Sony Bend and that, of course, one of the underrated. We talked about how great Sony Bend is. So if you're a days gone fan, head over there to the Broken Road dot blog. Uh, check out days gone week all this week. See the content they're putting up. Uh, shout out to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, aka Momo, uh, James Hastings, Evan Ballard, Steven Insler, Sencho West Gaming, Duval King, Jabub, Cody Banks, the Secret Agent, Trent Barry, Max Blair, Julian, the Gluten Free Gamer, Tom Bach, Nano Support, Michael Bradley, and Joseph O. Youssef. Today we're brought to you by twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, blessings. Start us off with the X's and O's. Greg, last week, PlayStation Blog revealed five indie games debuting this year on PS4 mm-hmm. in a in a in an event that I thought was really cool because we've talked about recently e- PlayStation E3, how they treat their games, how they treat their consoles, um, why they go so hard for first party. 
Uh, but this this thing that they did last week, right? They tweeted out from their their Twitter at PlayStation. Starting in 15 minutes, we're revealing five independent titles coming to PS4 this year. Stay tuned throughout the morning for updates on each game and visit PlayStation Blog for more. And I think this was like April 2nd, maybe? I forget the exact date. But this okay. is sometime last week that they did this. Uh, I want to go through each of the games they announced because they had they had a handful of really cool looking games. I want to talk about each game and I want to ask the question to you, to you, Greg. How should PlayStation treat indies, especially now? Okay. And and what I mean by that is we've had big delays. We're having big delays, right? Last was got delayed. Uh, Iron Man VR got delayed. Ghost of Tsushima, there's a chance that'll probably get delayed. Save that. Uh, we ha- That's our question later in the show. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, we have new consoles upcoming. We yeah. have the PS5. Uh, and then we have State of Play being a brand that they want to that they want to develop and introduce and all this stuff. And we have I, I feel like I feel like I right now it's an interesting... State of Play in a while. These seems like this. We have like, it. This should have been a State of Play, right? And that's that's my whole point. That's why I want to talk about this because when we talk about how should they treat indies, mm-hmm. they have a brand State of Play that they could have used, they could have utilized in order to show off these five games in a way that might have gotten more people's eyes on on these games, and then also could have strengthened that brand. Right as a presentation brand, sure. and I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to do it because of the PS5, and they want to get people. Maybe people they thought they were making the brand too. This is a great topic. I'm glad you're bringing things like this to the table. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm gonna let's talk about the games first, okay. and okay. then talk about how we how the Sony overall is treating indies and how should they treat indies and all this. Kevin, stuff. you got these trailers? Yes. Thank you. Great. Yes, cool. I Thank do. you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin, you can play the trailers in the background Kevin, as I read through the. Yet? Uh, no, I don't have bourbon at this house. All right. Oh, you don't have it at the house? No. Do you want to come by? I, you live near. You, I can just go out. Get, get, my, get, my of, old get a length of hose. four blocks away. Oh, you know what? Just go huff your gas tank. Greg, you know huffing is not a joking thing. All right? And Andrea <laughs> May brought it up. God damn no, this echo. No, Andrea brought up whippets. That was whippets. Hey, man, huffing is huffing. Whether it's gas or whippets. Don't do it, kids. So PlayStation revealed five games. The first one being a game called Boundary Orbital Security Detail. Uh, I'm pulling from the PS blog. All the write-ups I'm going to read are from the PS blog. Uh, this one is written by CT, the producer of Surgical Surgical Scalpel Studio. Um, uh, Kevin, I'm assuming you're... Yeah, the, the trailer's up here if you want to watch it, if you're a video watcher. Uh, it's out this year. Astro operators gear up for zero zero gravity shootouts with high tech weaponry. We always get asked the same question about Boundary. How did the idea? Uh, how did the space shooter idea come about? First person shooters are a classic genre, having been enjoyed by players across different environments and time periods, including wars, cities, and even other planets. This got us thinking: Why can't we set the stage in space? We brought this idea to life by building Boundary as a more simulative, low orbit environment shooter, and this is what makes Boundary unique. We call our armed astronauts AO or astro operators, and you'll need to think like and you'll need to think like one in boundary. Movement is turned on its head in space. You have full freedom of movement, and you aren't restricted by gravity like you are in most shooters. But keep this in mind: as many possibilities as zero gravity opens up, it brings even more challenges. A well-trained AO knows how to use the environment to their advantage. Floating, floating debris. Uh, floating debris makes for a good blind spot to, to, to conceal your approach. A solar panel might be a good spot to plan an ambush against an unsuspecting foe, and you can even use your grapple hook for substantial acceleration from one point to another. Greg, when I first saw this trailer, I was actually very blown away because it it looks like Rainbow Six Siege, and I, I love Rainbow Six Siege. I've been playing it nonstop for the last couple of weeks. Um, 
but they the and I don't want to call it a gimmick, but the hook here is that yeah, it's in space and you're floating around. And when we say space, we mean space space. Like it's not on like a, a another planet or whatever. It's you and a bunch of people dressed up as astronauts, uh, different astral operators, quote unquote, quote unquote. Yeah, if you're and, if you're an audio listener and you can't see the footage, the idea here is low orbit, right? Like just the space station orbiting Earth is where you're fighting. You're outside mm. and fighting on sat or around satellites and stuff and shooting and blowing that all apart. Yeah, and so I'm looking at Polygon's write-up about it from... It's Charlie Hall from May 16, 2019, right? Uh, this is from a... Uh, it's a first-person shooter, obviously, from a 14-person indie team called Surgical Scalpels and who lives yep. and work in mainland China. Uh, the game will be multiplayer only and pit two teams of five human players against one another. A big part of the tactics will be customizing ammunition loadouts. Players will be able to select the mix of ammo they load into their magazines. And yeah, like when, and I can't wait to talk about the presentation of all this, right? But specifically yeah. about the games as we get going. When this trailer starts, I think it starts so, oh, it's another one of these, right? Like I feel like we've seen not a lot, but enough of the, I'm floating in space. I'm having a gone home in space kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah, we're up here. Oh God, what's going on? And then when the guns get broken out and I was watching, I was like, okay this looks different and then you look at the action that kevin's showing again here and you're like all right this fuck this looks rad and then it was wait this looks so good is this single player is this multiplayer and so for it mm -hmm. to be multiplayer only right 5v5 like there's definitely something to this where i'm like i'm not a first person shooter right and i i enjoy obviously the occasional multiplayer matchup but this is definitely something i want to try this looks fucking weird and rad and it's you know it's piggybacking off the joke of you know fast and furious in space or call of duty in space which i yeah. kind of did but not like this not like this and like the the logo treatment i also really like but yeah the thing that that really got me when i was first watching the trailer was seeing the guns and seeing the different guns was the thing that i've never really like i'm not i'm not like a gun guy first person shooters i like playing them but i'm not like you know i'm not like a professional for fps player or, or whatever but seeing the guns and seeing guns that resembled guns from siege it seems like they were very like the 5v5 thing them calling yeah. them astro operators like they're called operators in siege like they were very much going for that type of tactical shooter uh in a way where that idea combined with this idea of, yeah putting it in space looks like it could be really cool it one it, it also looks very good um, but then, yeah, like I, I, I believe I was talking to this, uh, talking to Tim about this. Um, we were kind of talking about how, like, yeah, it, the only worry is that it could be it, this game can probably be hard to control uh, when yeah. you are like in zero gravity and you have all these different ways in which you can move and go. Um, but aside to, from that, and, like, and again, it, I haven't read through uh, Charlie Hall's uh, preview from back there, and I haven't seen much outside mm -hmm. of all this. So it is that question of like, yeah, how much. How hard is it to float around in? How disorienting is it? Are you always are your feet always being locked to some central plane of yeah? Because even as they move around here, if you in the, well, I'm looking, I'm like as you can see, I forget that I'm watching on my screen, and that's not what Kevin has up. Um, like you see them doing like the uh, and I'm not an astronaut, the gravity like the movie Gravity, right? A little move the knob and have the uh, oxygen or gas or whatever propel you in different directions, and so. Do, do I have to worry about, uh, and when I'm shooting, am I getting pushed back a bit by the bullets? How's that going? How's yeah. it all into each other? But it looks I, awesome. I would imagine that it being in space, probably, like, the slowdown uh, in movement probably helps. Like, the slowdown in, in tactical games in general like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when I first started playing Siege, uh, or this round of Siege that I've been playing over, over the last few weeks, uh, I came into it after playing Apex, and I was like, shoot, man, Rainbow Six Siege is really slow in a way that I didn't realize. Yeah. And so, for it to be a tactical shooter, like, that type of game is already kind of slow, and so space, it might not be as big of a problem in space where bring, you I do want to take in, your time. Uh, 
uh, the Charlie Hall piece here. Game director CT told me that Project Boundary will be played entirely in. Oh, this is before I guess they name reach. They just called it Boundary. Uh, in zero gravity, movement will be facilitated by extravehicular backpacks, which will all allow combatants to accelerate and change direction with pressurized jets of gas. Some packs will be heavily armored and allow for high speeds to be built up over time. Others will allow for quick darting movements over short distances. It's up to the player to customize their squad with various backpacks and bring the right mix of weapons, gadgets, and perks to bear for a given match. It's awesome. Yeah. No, 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 no. That, 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 yeah. Like, this thing, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it sounds super, super rad. and something that I would yeah. love to get in and kick around and see what's up with it. It also has a the cover ne- system, apparently. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the the next game that Sony showed off as far as this five five indie game ordeal on PS Blog uh, is a game called Going <laughs> Ordeal. It's a game called Going Under. Uh, this blog post is written by Salen Pollock, uh, the co-founder at Agro Agro Crab Games. Uh, it's out. Uh, yeah. Do you get, do you get uh, the name? No. What is it? Agro Crag was a thing in Guts, a Nickelodeon show we all loved. The Agro Crag, you would climb it and shit at the oh, end. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't. I I would not have put that together. Oh wait, hold on. This, this is the, this is the, hold on, hold on. We got breaking news. Jen, is this the bread you made? Yeah. Oh, this is great. Oh. Jen made her first sourdough, and it's really good. It's warm out of the oven. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. Good honor. That's awesome. Does she have it in a jar for a while with all the little bubbles? No. Does she want to package it up and mail it to my address? She will gladly drive it to you, blessing. She has a second loaf too. Can, can I get a piece? Then? I'll be in contact. If everyone's getting sourdough, can I have some? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Jenna's gonna do like a delivery service. Wait, did you just eat the bread or an apple? I mean, yeah, Kevin, what's, got, what's going on over there? I mean, an apple. Okay, do you want to mute yourself? Because, like, so this is some, some large bites you're taking this there. This is some classic podcast beyond shit. Fucking gold right. over eating an apple right here. No, it's fine. Yeah, everybody, everybody, sorry. I didn't know uh, the, was such a f- ruckus. Going under is out September 2020, uh, and I should I should also mention uh, in the original uh, PS blog post or I think it was the, their tweet they said all these games are coming out this year, which is also exciting. Explore the ruins of failed tech startups in a new roguelite from Agro Crab Games. Agro Crab Games is pleased to announce that we'll be bringing at Going Under to PS4 this September. Going Under is a roguelite-inspired dungeon, dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. You'll wield office junk as weapons as you will ba- as you battle your way through the forsaken office, office complexes. Stab a demon with a thumbtack one moment, run over, a, run over a goblin with a smart card the next. Your options in combat are constantly changing. Throughout your run, you'll you'll also learn skills that change the way you play. Harness powerful effects that can that can light a whole room on fire. Turn enemies to allies, or just just make your arms really buff or something. The story follows Jackie, a fresh-faced college graduate, as she begins her unpaid internship in the not-so-distant future city of Neo Cascadia. While she originally applied for a marketing job, it quickly it quickly quickly becomes her duty to fight off monsters in the basement before they can disrupt workplace productivity on the surface. Her coworkers might not respect her yet, but in time, they might become her valuable allies as she hacks and slashes for the sake of her employer. Will you compete? Will you complete your internship alive? What will you learn about your startup that hired you and their mysterious parent company? Can you save yourself from going under for good? Greg, did this yes. game do anything for you? It does everything for me. And I think it's surprising because it was the same way of when I first saw it, not reading the post, I jumped into all the trailers really before I read anything about them. And so hmm. you start watching it and immediately I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This. It's not the art style is bad. You know what I mean? It's, it's very unique. It's very colorful. It's almost cartoony. And it was that idea of like, 
oh, so it's just a beat em up. What are you doing? What's going on? And then reading about it, and like obviously as the trailer goes on, it tells you this as well. But I think their first their first sentence really describing it, right of going under is a roguelite inspired dungeon crawler about exploring the cursed ruins of failed tech startups. In mm. that's one of the best one sentence pitches I've ever heard for a game. Like, yes, because that's uh, art style. When I look at it, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. To know that it's a roguelite, to know that it's a dungeon crawler, to know that it's got a this unique angle on it, right? Of yeah, tech startups. I feel like for me personally, especially with dungeon crawlers, because I do love them and I am excited for like Minecraft dungeons. It's that idea of like, all right, cool. It's another even for Moonlighter, right? All right, cool. I'm just going. It's another like not medieval, but you know what I mean. Like that blacksmithy time of a, <laughs> of living in a town or whatever to then go in and fight these monsters and come back and do the same things over and over again. The idea that it is something that we already know works we already know we love it but to give it such a unique presence to to take it and put it into the cursed ruins of failed tech startups and even as you go through to see the pop-ups and how they look like iphone notifications to see the way uh your uh mission structure i guess quest structure is laid out uh even their tagline right going under internships or heck like the game seems super cute and it seems super funny and i hope that when i look at it and i see the gameplay of it it looks like, okay, cool. I think I'm going to be into this. I hope the gameplay feels as good as the idea looks, if that makes sense. That, that's where I'm at, too, is where I, I saw the art style. I wasn't really digging the art style. The Watching the gameplay wasn't really doing much for me, but hearing the description of it, yeah. like just the word roguelite does a lot for me because I really like roguelites. Like I, I love Dead Cells, love Rogue, Rogue Legacy. If you if you tell me that I can repeat a game over and over again as procedurally generated, that's an easy way to sell it to me because I love those types of games. Yeah, um, but Coming back being stronger, doing something different. Yeah, yeah, having some sort of progression over time, but like be, being able to come in and being like, I want to, I want to have like a quick twenty-minute experience or thirty-minute experience or forty-minute experience that where I can go in and be done and not feel compelled to have to keep going. Like, yeah, I'm totally into that type of gaming experience and the 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 aesthetic, not like the art style aesthetic, but the the setting aesthetic, yeah, the right? Setting, the, right? Like all, all the main hook, right? It being it, it being in the cursed ruins of a failed tech startup sounds fun, sounds cool. Uh, we're in right. That's the biggest. Thing. Yeah, and yeah. It sounds you live in SF now, home of the cursed startup. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like we live in SF, and so like you know this this feels like it's marketed directly towards us. But that said, like I'm all, I'm looking forward to this one. This one sounds really cool. Yeah, hundred percent. Then the third game they showed off is a game called John Wick Hex by Mike Bithell. Baby boy Mike Bithell finally making the right choice. He did what we always want. Take your games, put them on PC, beta test them there, let those people live through the misery of it. Then you bring us the good stuff. You know what I mean? When you've crafted Facts, it, Greg. when you've honed it into a unique, cool instrument, you bring it to us. Facts. Let the cave people with their PCs over there try it out and worry about it. Their X's, the EXEs. Mm. So this is this is out May fifth. Of course, Mike Bithel, Bithel wrote this blog post on the PS blog. He's the game director. So if you you got to do it with his, your Mike Bithel accent. Oh, I don't even know. He's British, right? Yeah. I, I'm, you can do. It. You got the you got the better British accent out of both of us. Oi, Governor John Wick Hex is a timeline strategy game, meaning it's a game where you take control of Wick's second-to-second Oi, Governor decision making. But crucially, it's not turn-based. It's time-based. Nailed it. That was really good. Oh, I yeah. thought God, I thought I was listening to Mike Biffle. That was incredible, Greg. Juicy, you know what I mean? Wow. Uh, the block continues. Actions take a specific amount of time to perform, so as you play, you'll need to time your performance around that of your enemies. It's a dance, choreography, 
fight choreography specifically, and his fight chore- choreography informed by the action team behind the John Wick movies. So your action will follow the rules and challenge of what you've seen in the films. Indeed, in playtesting, we found that players who are fans of the movies actually play better. So rewatching the trilogy between now and our launch might be a good idea. Bringing the game to PlayStation has been has been a lot of fun. The fine people at Ant Workshop have collaborated with the game's original creators to create a version of the game redesigned from the ground up to put Wix skills at your thumb tips. This, uh, the game just feels right on DualShock 4 in a way that even that surprised even us. You'll hit a speed and grace as you play strategic, strategically with or which is surprising and rewarding and you'll need to you'll need to if you want to grab every trophy on offer. Uh Greg, have you already played uh John Wick X? I have, yeah, at E3 last year. Or I guess whatever, last the last E3. Uh, what were yeah, your I, got to, I got to, I really dug what I saw. And so it was that thing of, oh, but it's only on PC. And I was like, oh, mm. uh, I hope you'll bring the console. So I'll wait, obviously, like I always do. Uh, the demo I, I had, I liked a lot of it. And I haven't even, I, I've never watched a John Wick movie. Now, granted, I, I, you know, I love Mike, obviously. He's a friend of the show, obviously, and supported us a long, long time ago for volume uh, on uh, uh, the old shows, the Gamescast. Mm. Um, anyways, I digress. The thing about this is that, even not being a John Wick fan, seeing as I've never gone out of my way to watch the movies, right? The gameplay was cool. Because again, what he's talking about, right? And I know, you know, it, it very much, it was your McGonagall voice there, but it's not turn-based, it's time-based. Actions take a specific amount of time to perform. So as you play, you need, time, you need to time your performance around that of your enemies. I think this is what I struggled the most at E3 and even now to really explain, because you need to see it, I really think, in motion, right? Where there is a timeline on top. And so you have your... AP or whatever to insert different things there of duck behind the box, which is a quicker action than drawing your gun and shooting or doing whatever. And so you need to stitch those together there before you see what the enemy is going to do, right? Almost in, in not exactly the same at all, but very similar, I feel to like how Child of uh, Light did their battle mechanics up there. Hmm. So you're doing timeline management of building out this thing. And I know one of the knocks against it when it got announced was, well, you know, John Wick's so fluid and so fast that it's weird to have this step-by-step you know thing here where you can't get shot or you're trying to bounce it around and make it look slow this game down what i thought was really cool about it only knowing the action from trailers and stuff is that when you successfully complete it the game then gives you uh like a movie of your timeline without anything so it's almost it's similar to like how in certain games you'll sit there and you're not actually if you go and you play and you die you know you come back and like oh that wasn't right um i'm thinking of uh uh katana zero right right oh, oh, that yeah. wasn't what that wasn't what i needed to do it's mm-hmm. so you're it's like you're thinking through this plan then you watch john wick actually execute it at the speed john wick would, would do it gotcha so yeah i and thought yeah. It, i thought it was really cool and i'm excited to actually be able to play it it's out may 5th so it's out in literally like a very month soon, for yeah. now which is very soon i like i like that you mentioned uh and you'll need to grab you'll need or and you'll need to you'll uh, it's talking about playing strategically, and he says you'll need to if you want to grab every trophy on offer, uh, which I think is a smart thing to put in there. Uh, like speaking to the PlayStation audience, even though like, yeah. like I'm 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 not a big big uh trophy person, but like even even so, there are people like you and a lot of PlayStation players that are trophy people. So being able to speak to oh yeah with the trophy shirt, being able to speak to your to the audience of that game in a very specific way, in a way that's gonna gonna connect with people, I think is very smart. Um, and it's the point of a, an event like this, right? Having these five games on display, trying to communicate them to your audience. Yeah. The fourth game that was shown off is a game called Biped. Uh, the producer's name is an awesome name. His name is Ding Dong uh, from he Next is suing Adam Nickerson for Ding Dong XL, I heard. Yeah, I heard the same thing. I, I, I'm really pulling for him. I, I, 
I, I, re I really like Ding Dong XL. I hope he doesn't get sued out of his pants. Uh, but yeah, this is a game that's out April 8th. Uh, the blog says, grab a friend for a platforming adventure where bipedal motion and coordination is key. Biped may take may take place on planet Earth, but it's actually Earth in another dimension and time, where where humans be, where human beings don't inhabit the planet, and bipeds have built have built planetary facilities in the wild. At the beginning of the game, a galactic anomaly unexpectedly turns off the light beacons on Earth, and it's up to these little robots to descend to Earth, locate the beacons, and restore them. The game is primarily composed of three parts, co-op missions, solo missions, and extra hard pro missions. The co-op missions are for two players and cover the main playbook in a balanced way, but the most difficult challenges are in the, in the pro missions where all the experience and skill players have learned from co-op will be put to the ultimate test. You'll also unlock lots of decorative items by playing or by collecting coins and buying them in the in-game shop. These are anything but serious, meant to toss a few extra laughs into your time with the game. Two years ago, two of our developers were trying to make a climbing game using a full ragdoll uh, animation tech on characters, just like Human Fall Flat. While iterating on this idea, they found it was very difficult to control, and, and they found it was very difficult to control. And they decided arms might not be might not actually be necessary, opting instead to let the characters' two legs do everything. And that's how biped idea that's how the biped idea was born. The theme of biped is is a joint joint adventure. So we wanted the visual style to illustrate a warm, vibrant, and whimsical world in which players can have an emotional journey emotional adventure it's colorful easy on the eyes and hopefully will provide a soothing backdrop to the game's otherwise demanding challenges greg what did you think when you watched the trailer for biped it didn't do it for me this is really one I look at, this one i look at and i'm like nah nah this isn't something i mean I, it doesn't look bad don't mm -hmm. get me wrong but i'm just not these kind of the puzzly co-op things like i feel like i had my fill with chariot and i was never like anxious to get back to it it, it looks like it, i look at it kind of reminds me even of Astrobot, but it just makes me want more Astrobot. And granted, it's not Astrobot, you know, but you see it too, right? With the art yeah, it has like so it has like kind of the heart of Astrobot, almost like the same charm as Astrobot, and like the warmth they talk about in the blog post. This is actually the one that did it for me, like the second best after Boundary, oh, and wow. not the, and not in the sense that like I'm not like an immediate sell on this game, but I I would really like to play this game with a friend, if that makes sense. Like if i had a friend that was like yo i got biped come over let's play it let's play i'd be like oh yeah yo i'm down um but the fact that it's it, it i mean it does have solo missions but the solo missions seem like the thing that are going to be skippable to me like the idea of it's gonna be me and a co-op partner and we're gonna have to kind of uh, uh we're gonna have to solve puzzles together in a way where we're both connected that just sounds like a fun idea that reminds me of a i know this is a playstation podcast but there's a mario party mini game where you guys are tethered together in in super mario party and you have to like make shapes with uh with like the line oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. between you two biped kind of gives me similar vibes of that uh which sounds fun to me uh i thought the art style looked pretty cool um but yeah like it's it's the single player isn't a sell to me, which which is what I'll say, and so I'm not necessarily necessarily compelled to pick it up, uh, based on my experience, my like what my experience with it will be alone. But I do want to play this with a friend, and it might just be like an afternoon thing. It's definitely not going to be like. I, a, mean, I was going to say like that. Yeah. That would be the interesting thing, of course, out this week, right? So it does seem like it's a good quarantine game for you to play with somebody online, right? Which it yeah. does have, right? Because it talks about in here. It also works magic when absolute strangers are paired together. Like, I hope you're not inviting strangers off the street into your home <laughs> it sounds yeah. like that got an online infrastructure for you just to randomly grab a match or something with somebody but looking at it yeah like i i see all that and i understand that it's just yeah i'm not uh kevin if you're still on 
But do you remember we did a party mode, right, of a game that was very similar to this, where we were tethered together and we had to go do something, right? Uh, Pode. Was it Pode? P-O-D-E. Yeah, yeah, P-O-D-E. This is a game we were making fun of just last week. They weren't tethered together, though. That was just where two people, one of them controlled, like, plants. I'm I'm remembering one that we definitely were. Are you you talking about the bodyguard? No, that was Death Squared. We weren't tethered together with Bodyguard. Okay, Death Squared was going to be the one I was was thinking. Doesn't matter. I see it. I understand it. It's just not moving the needle for Mm -hmm. me. I feel you. I feel you. Then number five. Uh, it's a game called Windbound. This blog post is written by Mitch Clifford, the co-founder of Five Live Studio. Uh, the game is out August 28th. The blog post reads, The Forbidden Islands Are Calling. Set sail and unravel the mystery later this year. Windbound takes place on a long-forgotten archipelago, once home to an ancient civilization. The game begins shortly after Kara, our protagonist, is separated from her fleet during a fierce and mysterious storm. Awakening on the shore of a strange island, the player's uh, initial initial motivations are purely survival-focused, with the goal of simply returning to to their tribe. However, with with the storm seemingly surrounding the whole area, it's immediately apparent that there is something unusual about these islands, with strange structures and monuments left behind by a long-gone people. As players, prog- as players progress through the world, they'll uncover the history of the ancient people, their relationship with the sea, and the mysterious sea creatures that, will, that still swim beneath the waves. Survival will be their initial focus, but the world is also rich with materials they can use to, to craft items to make their journey easier. Explore the scattered ruins and artifacts, unlock pieces of the, of the island's past, and uncover Kara's connection to it. Unravel the, unravel the mystery that enshrouds the islands, and you may find your, your way home. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, Greg, did this one do anything for you? Yes, no. Like, even right now looking at it, right? Like, it's it's a beautiful art style. Like, I like that it's this... It, I don't want to say... it's. It looks so much like Breath of the Wild, right? Like, it doesn't, but it does. Yeah. Like, I think the camera's lower and stuff, but that not cel-shaded, cel-shaded look they have to it, like, the way that you have you running around doing all these things, that all looks good, but the problem is the fact that it looks like... It looks like a little bit of Breath of the Wild. You're talking a little bit about survival. Like it just, it's falling into that category of game that already exists, right? Like I, yes. I have a, what I have a Rise on my computer or my computer, my PS4 as well that I haven't touched yet or arisen. I forget which one it is. But like it, even that kind of has that art style going for it. And it's like this isn't standing out to me as like, oh man, this is a must play. This is to the top of the list that I need to get on. Yeah, that's my thing too. Is all the buzzwords they use don't do nothing for me. Specifically, the the survival thing. The survival thing mixed with yeah, the art style being something that I feel like we've seen a lot recently. Like um, right, the Microsoft game, like the Xbox game, comes yep. to mind. Well, this is the um, thing on the last Xbox uh, press conference when we were talking about it. Right, remember we had the conversation with Tim where it was he said Tim said and I you get it of like. Is it me or does all, do all Xbox games have a, a, a look? Yes. You know what I mean? This, yes. this has that look to it, which it's so hard to nail down of exactly like what it's, you're talking about. Though. It's hard to nail down, but it's like Sea of Thieves or um, uh, the upcoming Rare game that they announced. Yeah, I know. Which I can't remember the name of it. But then uh, also... The, you're shrunk down, right? Grounded. Grounded? Grounded, grounded is the is well the, oh, no. is the other game I would have pointed yeah, out. Right. Right, you're right, but you're there's right. a there's a there's a rare game that does take place in the wild, and I think it's similarly like survival focused. But yeah, like all like all the who? grounded is Obsidian, Obsidian, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, all these like I would lump this into like those games. And I know Sea of Thieves is different from Grounded because Sea of Thieves is less survival and more you're just being a pirate. But like I this game doesn't really necessarily do much for me given that it does kind of fade into that. Like I wish they kind of did go into more of what makes this game unique in the actual trailer of it. 
Yeah. Um, like the story, like the story, all that stuff sounds cool, right? But it, it seems yeah, like yeah, one yeah. of those things where I'm gonna have to play it to really understand, like, oh yeah, like the, these are the mysteries that are interesting. Like these are why these are this is why these these mysteries are interesting to me, as opposed to uh, having them explain it, watching the trailer, and kind of lumping it in with a bunch of other things I've seen. Right. Which brings you to this question, right? That you, Which, you posed at the beginning. <laughs> yes. How should PlayStation treat indies, especially now? Because I and I want to know from you. Did you do you did you like the this like this thing that they did, that they did last week? Right, they presented five games, put them on a PS blog in one day, and had, and called it a it's, day. It's that thing of yes, no. Do did I like it? Uh, yes, no is the answer. Where mm-hmm. this would have this is I look at this and first off. So I, do I like it? Yes. So we'll start there. Yes, it's okay. awesome to see PlayStation support indies. It's awesome to see PlayStation in a time where ga- their games are getting, they were knew they were about to delay their stuff, right? Or they had just delayed their stuff. And they know that indies are going to be more important. They know that indies right now who are already a work from home environment have the best chance of actually getting their games through right now as AAA starts to put a pause on everything with uh, obviously the quarantine from COVID. I like that. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about it with PlayStation 4 that from the beginning of the PlayStation 4, they were so all in on indie so all in on being this you know weird place to play a machine built for the gamers and then as it's gone on they've found success being the triple a single player first party let's focus on that make our partnerships with other triple a stuff and then let the indies go to epic let them go to xbox game pass let them go to all these different services we don't have to chase them that way i do like seeing playstation step up and say no we will give the spotlight to these uh, different games these studios these uh, developers what I don't love about it, yeah, is I don't understand why this isn't a state of play. I think that would have benefited it more, let alone given the fact that I, I don't like to see state of play become this idea that it has to be big. And I big, know, yeah. and I know for us, and I know there's somebody right now in their car screaming, place, state of play has never been big. big. I yeah. also get that. I also get that. But I, that's my thing is I'd rather see more state of plays be bundled up with these announcements and have one thing which you know i for me personally it was john wayfair i was like oh, i didn't see that coming that's cool I'm, I'm glad that that's there i think you could bundle these up and do a 10 minute state like state of play what like you need the vo and the graphics package to go around this and you're done and it's all there and it would make people watch this in a way that with all due respect to the playstation blog who does amazing work i know people don't have that as destination viewing every day that they need to pop in and i yeah. also know from making our own headlines and working at ign for as long as i did the headline being PlayStation announces uh, partnerships with f- f- five new indies that also doesn't get clicks. And I'm not saying clicks in them. Let's make some money. And I mean, clicks in the way of let's, let's show you some cool fucking games. Yeah. Like, we know that uh, and this is both PlayStation and IGN and us and everybody else. Like we know that there's an audience that would buy these games if they're brought to them. But like you're saying, just putting them on the blog, I don't know if that's enough. So I like that they did this. I think they could have done more and I'm I'm not upset. I'm sad they didn't because you figure like what you're looking at here is very much the reason we started the kind of funny game showcase, which was like, we know that maybe of all these, you know, for the first one, 69 games we did only four or five of those are big enough. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Nice. Uh, That those are big enough that they would get like somebody to go watch their trailer on YouTube specifically for them. But you bundle them all up and suddenly you do have, you know, a hour and an hour long show that is jam packed with shit that you're going to find new things and you're going to sell new things to people. Like, again, the PlayStation blog is great. They do great work. It speaks to a very specific audience, though. And I think that video speaks to a wider audience. And so to already have these trailers, even if it wasn't that, like, I think it would have been better served 
for the PlayStation blog to have it bundled and be like, hey, everybody, I'm Sid Schumann. Today we're doing, you know, we're doing this thing for these indies. There's going to be five of them. Let's look at all the trailers in one shot. And then if you want, you can click below to read all the blog posts and see their individual trailers there and share those and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just think of yeah. bundling this in a different way. It's a great first step for something they haven't done in a while. I appreciate, you know, to, you know we talk about um, how they took it on the chin for, hey, tomorrow, Mark Cerny's giving a presentation, going to be all about the, you know, the road to PlayStation 5, going to be technical. Nobody fucking cared. Everybody got their hopes up. They all came in there like, this is boring. And it's like, well, it wasn't for you. It wasn't this. Being like, hey, in 15 minutes, we're going to talk about five awesome indie games. That's a great way to do it. There's no, you can't burn yourself up with anticipation and hypeness for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I pretty much agree with you on everything. Like I, and even if they didn't want to call it state of play because they have certain expe- expectations for state of play, like even if you called it something else, right. Call it like create a new indie initiative and call it PlayStation Indies or PlayStation loves, loves indie or something like that. Yeah, Go back to that. Thing. Right. that I don't way. know if you remember that, that there was that, uh, G, uh, PAX, PAX West where PlayStation did the PlayStation hearts Indies. And that was like, okay, they was that what, logo, yeah. they had that thing. And like, that was great. Like they should keep that. And that should be fu- like, imagine that imagine. And I, I understand that like, we're coming off of Nintendo Indie World, which was a bunch of games or whatever. But imagine if this was a video conference or whatever bundle hosted by Shu and Greg Rice. Hey, yeah. everybody, I'm Shu. This is Greg. We're the, you know, we're the new faces of PlayStation Indies. We have five games we want to tell you about right now. And there you go. And you just knock them out. Yeah. Like, I, and, and I, I, I'm glad they did this. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you again on that. Um, I, this is what I want to continue to see from them as far as let's, let's, give shine to indies and i think it's i think it's it's a win-win for them you know with ghosts or with a uh, last was already being delayed with iron man being delayed with ghost of Shima probably being delayed right like there's going to be a drought there's going to be uh there's going to be space that you can give to games games like these yeah. uh in order to give them exposure and in order to help fill out your catalog for the year since things are getting weird um and with the playstation 5 upcoming right like i think you you do want to start ramping up in order to give that either your launch lineup or, or your launch year or whatever you want to call it, give that power, give that, give that support. I think Indies are going to go a long way toward doing that. Um, but yeah, like figures of to your point of, if you started now, if you start in April with uh, PlayStation hearts, Indies, uh, Hey, even be like tomorrow we're doing a, what they enumerate them, right? We're doing a 10 minute an eight minute PlayStation, yeah. uh, uh, why lose it? State of play, a state of play that's just about five upcoming indies we want to tell you about. Like if you set yeah. that precedent and you also clearly communicate what you're about to get, by the time you get closer to PlayStation Five, you can already have this history, right? Of like recent history of indies matter to us. Indies have been supporting us. We're excited to show you what indies are going to do on PlayStation Five, and then yeah. even going into 2021, be able to do more of those. To the to the opposite thing of the Mark Cerny thing, where they were like, tomorrow we're going to show you some more details on the ps5 the i think them them announcing this 15 minutes beforehand even though it does like set you up to not fail i do think even providing more um heads up like them doing it the day before and being like hey tomorrow we are going to show you five indie games i think with us getting what we got that would have been that would have been fine but you like that would have been i don't agree man because at that point you do start to set expectations where it would Mm -hmm. start spinning of like oh man what indie are you going to get if they're telling us this far ahead they want us to be excited like I think then you start getting, you know, they just announced Rogue Legacy 2, right? You'd get into that kind of speculation True. of like, yeah, what are the big, in like, in, I'm talking out of turn here, but I, for sure, um, uh, John Wick is already out, right, on PC. Um, mm-hmm. Or any of the other, well, Biped isn't, 
I don't know. I think about all it. the other ones, as far as I saw, are not out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I stand down on that one. But it's like, yeah, that's the thing of like, you just don't want to get pe- to, the, you don't want it get to get people hyped in, up. Yeah, hyped up to then blow back. Cause like, even being an indie dev, and I've talked to a lot of them, they know they're small, but they're excited to show you their game. And so to put them behind the eight ball already, where it's like the comments are going to be, hey, I'm super excited for this thing, but I was more excited for hoping it was going to be Rogue Legacy, hoping it was going to be this indie, hoping it was going to be an announcement from this team. Like, that sucks to be the guys who did announce your game. Like, oh, that makes cool. sense. All that right. makes sense for sure. Greg, that's it for X's and O's. Well, you, you had a question here, don't we? Oh, do we? Do you not want to read the questions? Are you turning oh, your back? See, I, see, I didn't. Golden I, Child look kind of funny. Are you turning your back? I've been patience? so confused on whose job it is to read the questions. Is it me or is it you? Do I read the question? I don't know. What's, it, this is a team effort. Man. We, do, we do whatever. I'll read the question. Lefstar okay. or Lefster? Lev's T3R. Lev's Real easy, isn't I'm, it? Huh? Everybody wants to make fun I'm, of me when I can't say a name. Look I'm at Blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> <Lev, I'm gonna, laughs> say Lefster. Lefster writes in and says, once PS5 launches, do you see PlayStation changing the narrative? Yes, they have games, but why don't they talk the walk like Xbox is? And so this is what I did. I tossed this in because I think we are at that point, indies being you know, canary in the coal mine of how is PlayStation going to change from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5? And Mm -hmm. is this blog initiative here, this thing they tossed up, not out of the blue, but not on any normal schedule, is that, hey, something they believe in and they want to do more of and they want to push in a different direction, let alone the fact that, as we just talked about, PlayStation 5 probably going to be, if it's like PlayStation 4, more dependent on indies at launch than it it was. uh, Or... PlayStation 5 at launch would be in the same way PlayStation 4 was dependent on indies at launch, but then drifted away from it. Do they drift away? What does Shu and Greg Rice tackling the indies look like? And what does that mean? And how many, what are those conversations actually, what, what fruit are they bearing of having Shu or Greg Rice come up and be like, yep, we're the indies guys. And we want, do you want to work with us? Because of course, people want to work with PlayStation period because of install base and money. They want to make money. But what is, what are, these meetings that I assume are happening between mm-hmm. uh, Greg Rice, Shuhei, and indie developers looking like. Because if it isn't that, if it's just goodwill, if it's just like, hey, we're interested in getting your games in the platform, and they immediately go, cool, are you giving us some money? Is <laughs> And they're like, no. And it's like, well, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, Epic Game Store is, or Xbox that's, that's is. The thing, that's the thing that that is interesting about where PlayStation is. Because PlayStation is the most popular platform. Mm-hmm. But when you look at every other platform, when you look when you look at Switch, right? Switch is the most popular console platform for indies. Um, and I don't know if that's actually now I think about it, I don't know if that's still the case say, because that yeah, because yeah, I guess that was based on like the first like two to three, I guess two years of Switch because that's where well, everybody was, was buying. What's been fascinating time. about this conversation is I really do look at indies and not successfulness because we don't have all those numbers. We don't have the thing, but I do look at it as a baton that's been passed around so much. Where I do think that PlayStation 4 started this generation with it. And they were like, yes. the indies may, are going to be here and they're going to be a big part and blah, blah. As PlayStation gets successful, I really feel like they pass it off. And I, I guess it's w- wiggly on the it, timeline, right? But it is that there's ID at Xbox that has been going strong for so long. Every GDC, rest in peace. They have that, you wouldn't know. They have this giant loft they take over and you get to come play a bunch of indies there. Mm-hmm. But it is that the fact that, yeah, once... The Switch came out and was a 
success and people saw it, then it was that they had Nindies in the every GC. Yeah, that they was, were the ones with the hotness. Like, and I was, I remember going to PAX in, I'm going to say 2018, the year after the Switch launch, and talking to, to Doves and them talking about how, how that, um, yeah, they're putting their game out on Switch and PC and they'll talk about other platforms later because right, that's where people are buying games at. And that was the joke. And I, I think it still exists here and there, but I don't think it's nearly as much of when is it coming to Switch, right? Like that was, once we had the Switch, we asked that about every video game. Yes. And I don't and, I don't think it's fully swung back, but I do think that the Nindies movement has isn't as powerful as it was, especially looking at the last indie world where it was very yeah. much like, oh, okay. But it was a similar thing to I think this, where cool, they did an indie world, and we've known historically indie worlds mean there's gonna be something like golf story too. There's gonna be some big thing there. And when there wasn't this last time, it was like, oh, okay, those are cool games, but whatever. And then you yeah. wonder if the baton I think the baton hasn't fully been passed because Nintendo still cares, but it's been passed in some degree to, hey, we Xbox Game Pass is a great way to launch our game day and date. Hey, yeah. uh, Xbox in general, or hey, Epic Game Store. Like People are going back and forth in a way that is interesting this last like, year. Like If you look at Xbox Game Pass, just last year, we have Outer Wilds came out day and date on Xbox Game Pass. Void Bastards came out day and date on Xbox mm-hmm. Game Pass. Creature in the Well came out day and date on Xbox Game Pass. And um, oh, there was another roguelite card game that came out on Game Pass that people at IGN love specifically. Um, um, but uh, you know, Gwent. you know, you know what I'm talking about. Is it Gwent? No, no not no, Gwent. No, it wasn't Gwent. You're, it was like pull, though, Kev, pull. Yeah, it's the one that was uh, at PAX every year in the back corner, right? Probably, yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but like there were a lot of big indie games that were out day and date on Xbox Game Pass. Something um, with an A yeah. armature? No. I yeah, I think you're onto something. I don't know why I can't remember what it's called. It was popular, not uh, it, it was popular enough. Um, but yeah, like you have you have those games, uh, or you have Xbox Game Pass that is that uh, that thing for developers, for indie developers to kind of latch onto to be like, oh yeah, like if Xbox wants to make it make a deal to get my game on here, then yeah, sure, let's make it happen. You have Epic Game Store with with the deals that are going on going on with Epic Game Store, right? The 30-70 split that they have going on there, and for PlayStation, PlayStation doesn't really have a hook aside from being the most popular console platform right like i like and i know now you have shuhei and people make that are that are making it their role yeah but uh, even that we don't know what that means platform. right yeah, yeah, yeah we don't know what that means yet and so like as far as what do in how should playstation treat indies or what should playstation's approach be to be when it comes to indies like i don't i think aside from creating an in- initiative that has a name that has the uh, uh them taking ownership over maybe certain indies, right? Like, like say we're talking about the five games that we presented here, or that that PlayStation presented in their blog. Slay the PlayStation Spire. put. That's what it was. Slay the Spire. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Uh, it wasn't the game I was thinking of, but I saw you in the YouTube chat. Yes, that's that's exactly the one I was thinking of. But PlayStation, PlayStation creating a name, right? PlayStation Hearts Indies or whatever, attaching that to some sort of either video stream or whatever you want to make it, preferably some kind of video stream, and then. Make like making that an, an initiative to show you're taking ownership and that you are promoting and and you stand by these indie games that are coming out. I think could go a long way into gaining some of that ground. That I know, great gaining ground it does, isn't necessarily the end goal for them, but like I don't know, make it's, and so that's my thing. I guess is we just yeah. try to crack this thing of maybe we're making a problem where there isn't one of like. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. They're not making this program. They're not saying that, and probably because they're not committed to it. And so we shouldn't be mad at them if they're not, right? We don't need a marketing term and a you know a nice graphic if they're really not committed to it. Because again, yeah. 
and granted, this could this could be the uh, every console generation hubris uh, pill somebody has to swallow, and it would be them in this thing of they think they don't need them in the same way. So Xbox, who does think they need them, comes out and gets all that, gains all that ground, and suddenly that flips the script in some some way. Yeah, but I, I do I do I don't think that they need indies. I, I like I, I like think they need indies. I will not period, but indies as far as like they don't need the ownership of that ground, right? They don't need that like they don't need to be the indie platform as long as they have indies on their platform. Then like what's the difference? Um, but I do think that it does do a service to indies for them to have that, right? To, that for them to have some some program, right? It does do a service to the games that they want to promote in that way and the game that they want the games that they want to take ownership with. And I think that in turn like. And granted, I've not been in the industry for that long, so I don't know how all this works. But I imagine that then creates a friendly environment for indies to want to put their games on PlayStation. Like I imagine, I imagine that, uh, I, I imagine that creates some sort of like welcoming, welcoming aspect, right? To to indies, like when you go onto the PlayStation Store and say there is like a PlayStation Hearts indie tab, and you go there, and it is like the greatest of greatest indie games. Like I feel like that then fills out your catalog in a way where. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm coming to PlayStation specifically for the big games in the AAAs, but now I'm coming for to PlayStation PlayStation for um, for everything. Yeah, no, you're 100% correct. I mean, what this comes down to is that developers, whether they be AAA or indie, but especially indies, make games because they want people to play their games. And of course, that also comes with the business of surviving, being able to make your next game, pay your paychecks, pay your mortgage, pay your rent, whatever. So when it comes down... You have to imagine that behind closed doors, PlayStation, both Shuhei, Greg Rice, and just the team over there are having conversations that aren't just, hey, we're the faces and we'd love for your games to be on our platform because that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, that doesn't cash any checks. So I don't even, and I'm not even saying to your point, which you already made, it doesn't need to be that they're paying for exclusivity, they're paying for this. It's, hey, we will promote your game. Hey, yeah, yeah, you'll get the blog post like everybody else, but yes, you will be featured on the front page of the store. That shit matters. That shit matters so much in terms of visibility. I think you watch, uh, was it Indie Games documentary? The one that followed um, uh, Super Fez. Meat Boy's launch and stuff? And yeah, Fez and all them. And you remember, yeah. like, even though that was um, uh, uh, an exclusive deal or whatever, you see uh, McMill or uh, Edward, right? Ed- Edmund, Edmund, uh, like freaking out that they're not on the front page of Xbox Live when they were promised the front page of Xbox Live, and it's not mm-hmm. a pride thing. It's a hey, we want one, we this want as few something. clicks as possible from you going into the store to buying our game. And so, yeah, yeah if there's going to be those promises, if there's going to be PlayStation Plus uh, discounts or lock-ins or whatever, like people, that matters. And so it's the exact same thing of cool, yeah. If we're if it's just I'm shooting, that's Greg, and we're having a great time, and we want you to come here, but Xbox Game Pass is offering you money straight up, and like, hey, you'll recoup exactly what you already put into this before anyone ever punches a buy button. Like, yeah, that's why Epic Game Store is getting so many people, because they're giving you deals and money for not exclusivity on their PC platform, but you can go everywhere else, and that's the other big race to it, too, of, you know, right now, it's going to be, and always going to be for indies, that, yep, we're putting our game out with this exclusive deal with PlayStation, Xbox for money, promotion, whatever. But eventually it'll be everywhere because, again, we're trying to get this everywhere. We're trying, we just put X years of our life into this, our, you know, our mortgage, our entire life savings. Like, yeah, we need to make this back. So we're trying to negotiate those deals as well. And so, yeah, PlayStation isn't fully committed. Then they then don't overpromise. But then again, it is weird mm-hmm. that they're doing the Greg and Shoe thing. So, and that's the thing is like, is this 
really part of that is this internally you know that like what shoe switched over late last year greg rice got hired in december i think really started in january february like is this the first taste of that where on the other side they're like cool we need to do more for these people like or, mm. like we're reading the tea leaves things are going to continue to be delayed we're, we're already announcing bad news every day it feels like let's get some good news let's start promoting these games let's start doing more with with these games that are coming out or is that are they really head down on what playstation 5 strategy is going to be for indies yeah let me ask you the question in that vein what percentage of the or not percentage because that's a hard harder thing to, to nail down how many minutes say the playstation 5 reveal is an hour long or the playstation 5 event how many minutes do you think is filled with indie titles and you're talking bootstrap indies right like we're talking like these kind of games like, because you yes. obviously get weird with like, well, this is like journey or like, 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 like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say like these types of indie games. I mean, this is probably. I mean, it also depends how many there is, I guess, because I, I, I see it leading with. God, I, I mean, there's definitely a montage period. So like, yeah. that's the thing where it's like, I don't want to overpromise on minutes, but I also don't think you do a montage. And that's it. I think it would be, uh, it's more of a question to you. Hey, we're super excited. And that's the next game from, or the first game from, or what insert, whatever indie developer. These people used to work at um, uh, Kojima Productions. Now they're starting, they're off and doing their own thing. Now, you know, they're mm -hmm. excited. And that's their first game on stage. They come out or they show, that's where you, I think you have a, you have a headline indie trailer where it is like, this is one game that is awesome and amazing and everything else. Yeah, kind of like how the, 12 Minutes was at the Xbox conference last year. Yep. And you do that the thing, thing right of like, hey, cool, you know, th there's a lot, a lot more coming from indies and that's where the montage goes. And then maybe you have a stinger one for a longer one at the end. So, I mean, all that said, what? I'm talking three and a half minutes, four minutes, like in, mm -hmm. depending on what you're doing and how you're doing it. But that's... That sounds like a lot, right? But what that would be, if it's an hour-long conference, you're talking that's like a tenth of it already. And you figure yeah. on top of that, you have to show the hardware, give a price, give a date. Yeah, that's uh, true. Reveal all these other things too, where it sounds like that's nothing, but you really save the big beats for it's going to hopefully Horizon uh, Zero Dawn 2, Horizon 2 Dawn, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you, you have that come out and have a really long presentation. Mm. God, when are we going to hear about the PlayStation 5, bless you? Know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm thirsty for it, Greg. Mm. Thirsty, I'm parched. You know what I'm thirsty for, Bless? What is that? A word from our sponsors. It's twitch.tv slash games. I'll keep it short. There's no real sponsor this week. And I don't want Cool Greg to have to edit this out. Remember, everybody, we stream all the time, all the shows. Well, not this show, but, you know, the daily shows. Twitch.tv slash games. If you have no desire to ever go to Twitch, I understand. You're just a podcast person. That's great. Remember, if you have Amazon Prime and you're keeping in these tough times, you still have Twitch Prime. You can give away a free 30-day subscription to a Twitch channel of your choice. Just link up your Amazon Prime to your Twitch Prime, and bam, you can give it away. We ask you to give it to Kind of Funny Games. We love and appreciate you. I understand there's a lot going on right now, but any support you can give our way would be great. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Like, Bless. What up? It's time for what you playing. And I think I know the main thing you have been playing. It's the main thing I've been playing. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. First of all, Kev, what's this on screen you got right here? <sighs> I don't know. Do they see that? Do they see that? <laughs> they definitely saw that. Yeah, no, they okay. saw that. No. Well, if there's any personal information there, don't fuck us because it'll fuck everything else. I mean, there's there's nothing there. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just YouTube Studio, right? Yeah, show me because I thought I couldn't tell at a glance if it was the stream key or not. 
No, no, no. It's just oh, the stream itself and, you know, the chat. stream health. The chat's oh over here. Looking healthy. Yeah, I was looking at it. I was like, this seems like a thing we shouldn't be showing people. It's but... that thing where when Kev does stuff, I never am sure what's popping up. Again, we work from home now, as you know, and there's always shit to find out in this garbage truck on fire. So, like, I, I today during uh, We Have Cool Friends, at some point, Kevin threw open... Uh, I don't even know his task manager where it shows like the CPU yeah, usage yeah, and all that. And I was right. like, Oh, people can't see that. And then I saw the chat, like start making fun of Kevin. I'm like, Oh, they can see that. So it's like, <laughs> I'm never sure. And like, even on the intros, like I, he, he's never stopped me when I'm not, when I'm too big or too small. I don't know. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Everybody's here for the fun times. Speaking of fun times, bless way. Final fantasy seven. Dude. I, that game is incredible, and I know we, we we you can go to over to the um, youtube.com slash kind of funny games to watch our review, our gamescast review is also available spoiler on the gamescast feed. Uh, yeah, spoiler free. It's me, Tim, Greg, Imran, Andy, and we all talk about how we feel about Final Fantasy yeah. VII remake, which is great. The game is incredible, and both of us are glowing about it. And we neither of us were really that into the original Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, you and I were on the on the panel there. We, well, I guess Andy too, but like Tim and Imran are the super fans who love Final Fantasy VII, and you and me are in the exact same boat of. Tried it a bunch of times, just cannot cannot power through that thing. So it never clicked for me. A Final Fantasy's never clicked for me. And if yeah, you missed uh, that or you don't want to watch a full review of it, man, like this is the first Final Fantasy that's ever worked for me. Uh, this game mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I think in every aspect of being a game, I think the gameplay is so engaging, so much fun. There is, if you want to play it that way, there is such a strategic chess level to it of like oh wait how do i do this what do i counter here i need to think about this and what should what should tifa be doing while i do this and juggling all those pieces let alone the upgrades and the cinematics and the story and that's 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 the thing that caught me off guard is how much i love the battle system like the combat system like that might that is one of my favorite things about this game and i wasn't i wasn't necessarily expecting that because i really i i really like good combat systems like astral chain last year which i know is an PlayStation game but i'm here already like that was a combat system that i absolutely loved and that was like my favorite combat system last year and to have this combat system here uh and to see how not only how like complicated it can get like it's not like super complicated but there is a there is a point of complexity to it where it's like oh yeah like i have my abilities i have my items i have my spells i have all these different things i can do and all of them have different effects and all this stuff not only just seeing that but then also seeing how balanced it is like I, I mentioned this on the review that like, I didn't die uh, more than like two or three times during a boss. And that's like, I know that might sound like, oh yeah, that sounds like an easy game, but it still <laughs> felt challenging in the moment, right? It still no, felt totally. like I was having to, like if I, if I let up at any moment then I'm, I'm going to die because like I have to pay attention to this boss who does poison damage. And like, you have the thing where like in an action game, you have to like move to a certain place or like a certain area so you can avoid the thing. But at the same time, since it's an RPG, you have to manage like, okay, who's poisoned right now? Who's dizzy? Who's asleep? Who's, um, who's low on health? Uh, all right. I have, now I have, I have, you have three characters I can use at, at any given or three characters, the most they can have in a party. Um, and so like, who am I going to have assigned as like the, the um, medic, right? Who am I going to have my, uh, have the cure abilities like am, or am i gonna have everybody have the, the cure abilities there's such like a good amount of strategy that you can have there when it comes to how you're gonna go about combat uh and i absolutely like loved it uh to the point where i now i i'm still playing even though i beat it i'm nice. going back and i'm like catching up on side quests that i skipped and like i'm i'm uh wanting to get into like battle arena stuff and um i'm upset that like there's not just more to do like, yeah, like no, post game. Totally. That's the thing that Tim brought up that I, I didn't really 
that didn't really hit me until now. Like now that I'm going back and like actually trying to find more things to do. I'm like, man, I want to really just fight things. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love that. The characters, phenomenal. Like yeah. there's so many phenomenal characters. The story is great. I was surprised by how grounded and how um, how somewhat relevant it felt, but then also like how how political and how like serious and how, like there's just there's such a realness to the world despite it being such a ridiculous sci-fi cyberpunk fantasy world there's yeah. a there's very much a realness to it that i uh, that i appreciate it in doug um the overall polish is just incredible i know so many of you have been with me on my journey of this career for so long but like that's why i think it works for me for the first time is that the story and characters were real enough that I was able to get in the door and stick around. You know what I mean? Like, because Final Fantasy 15, even, and granted, remember Tim and I hosted that launch event. And the reason mm -hmm. they picked us was that, you know, Tim's a lifelong fan and Greg never has been. And we think this is a game that could get both of you in. And when I sat down to play that for the few hours I did, it was like, all right, I really like the idea of these guys being a, a bunch of friends. But then wait, there's a prince and a king, and it's like, oh, it's getting all weird. It's like, what the fuck's going on? So for, Jumping into this one and having a gameplay system that really worked with me because JRPGs, you know, turn-based uh, are traditionally work occasionally, something like Octopath or Persona 4, but more often than not, I just don't dig or vibe with that kind of gameplay. Mm -hmm. And so to have gameplay here that was not action, but felt actiony, and, you know, you can get around and do different things with, but then to pair that with a really well-told story, really fleshed out characters, you know, to hear even Imran and Tim talk about how these are, evolutions of the characters they already knew that like okay mm -hmm. no you know barrett isn't a caricature this time around and like to see that shine through even though i didn't know barrett's history but playing through it and being like oh this guy does he suck and then you get to the end like oh i understand your motivations and what you're doing what's yeah. happening like they, it's just a brilliant game and again yeah there's a whole whole review so we won't waste your time for it but yeah it's it lives up i had no expectations i wasn't even super excited for it and as i told talked about in the review and texted tim as soon as it happened like Finishing the opening cinematic to that game, I had chill or goosebumps, and I was like, "What the fuck? I don't, even, I don't even understand what's going on." <laughs> and then that game yeah. never, it never let me down from there. Yeah. Yep. Um, other thing I've been playing, and I'll keep it short because we, we're going to talk about it in a second. The complex, which is your game oh, uh, for one hundred and four. Yeah. Decided, I'll, so we'll it? save that when we get there. I didn't beat it now because I had to move on to my PSN games of the week. Oh right? yeah. And then uh, uh, Big Kev Dog and I played some Borderlands Three again uh over this here and uh yeah it was you know was, I, I think i talked about borderlands last week with the D new dlc this was just jumping back into kevin's game and helping him out and you know trying to help him finish the story and move on and stuff so it's stuff i've seen i don't know four times already probably in different uh, incarnations but as i've always talked about with that game like such a brilliant leveling system and co-oping system of being able to jump in there and I'm playing on Kevin's game, which is way lower and I'm still getting rewards that make sense for me. I'm still sitting there managing my inventory. I'm still able to help Kevin talk stuff through. Loved it. Blessing. What else did you play? Uh, in that similar vein, I've been playing a lot more of Rainbow Six Siege and Overwatch. Mm -hmm. um, both games that I feel like are perfect games for the, like the, this pandemic situation for the quarantine, right? Sure. I'm, I'm sure that's probably that's Borderlands for you, like in Division. I imagine, like I was gonna say, it, don't forget about the Division there, bless. No, yeah, just, Fran and I are probably playing tonight. If you want to stop right oh. now, there, don't download your uh, board, get on in there. Kevin, see, might, he probably won't, but he might. I would, but I'm watching. I'm watching Tiger King. I'm on episode four right now. Tiger I'm pretty King sure Carol Baskin. Pretty sure Carol Baskins did it. You know, of course she did. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Of course she did. But uh, yeah, those games continue to be um, phenomenal. Like I, 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 
if you haven't played either Overwatch or Rainbow Six Siege, like, and you've had any like inkling of wanting to check them out, like, I'd one hundred percent say go for it. This is the thing I'll say, Greg. This is the thing say I'll say about thing. Overwatch specifically. I got I got a bone to pick because two weeks ago we did our uh, PlayStation's greatest hits segment where That's we right. uh, we talk about our game of the year for every year. I believe for twenty sixteen, I said Overwatch, and a lot of people. And a I lot said of Uncharted Four, issue. the right answer. Yeah, you said Uncharted Four, which uh, which is an acceptable answer for sure. Acceptable. A lot of people took, it's a good it's a good answer. It's a good answer. Uh, a lot of people took issue with me for putting Overwatch above Uncharted Four, to which I will say, like, hey, first of all, if you if you want to put Uncharted Four, no judgment for me, but if you want to get at me for putting Overwatch over Uncharted Four, go outside. It's all. That's what I'll say. Let's go outside. Oh wow! Are you threatening? Are you fight? Are you are you threatening to fight people? <laughs> go, out, go outside and fight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like that's not. A, I'll that's, fight I, for I feel you. Like blessing. Not, I'm in. They, yeah, Kevin will fight because I'll I'll let you know, Kevin. I'll text you if they, if they actually come outside. Um, but no, like I, a lot of people gave Overwatch Game of the Year. Like that's not like a a, a surprising thing. I think, and it's not like a. I don't know. I feel like I feel like people gotta expand their horizons if they think that's like a crazy. A crazy thing to to put out there that Overwatch is the best game of 2016. But I digress. Okay, that's what I'll say. Well, first off, I, I've been thinking about this. I think since yesterday when you started using it. Where did this St. Louis Cardinals cup come from? Long story. Okay, so this is a Coca Cola cup, right? Yeah. Uh, St. Louis Coca Cola. So my sister. That's like a solid cup. That looks like you're at a bar, right? Like you're at a bar yeah. and you order a soft drink. My sister used to work for Coca Cola in st louis and i got this cup from her i got this cup like legit like years and years and years ago when she worked there it's a great cup. I've, I've had it ever since yeah it's a great cup just which is why blessed. i always use it that's not a long story but it's a pretty it, short it's not a long story i right. i condensed it because i realized Thank i didn't you. have to tell the long version of the story yeah she saved somebody's life and the bosses gave her a coca-cola prize pack exactly she, albert pujols hit a home run and she got it and so she turned it back over to pujols and he gave her that cup I don't know a word you said. Albert Pujols, he's a he was a Cardinals player. He played for the Cardinals. Pujol yeah. means butthole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, you're on fire. I see why the kids love you so much. Uh, time for 104 PSN games ranked. This is a weekly special here. Not a special, it's something we're doing. It's a weekly series here on PSI Love You XOXO, where we read through the drop on the blog. We each pick a different PSN game, and then we report back after playing it. Uh, then when we report back, we rank them in one ridiculous list. You can keep up at kindoffunny.com slash 104 list. That's the number 104 list. The rules are simple. We can't pick the same game. Uh, we can't pick something that's AAA, and it shouldn't be something we were going to play anyway. So, like, no after party. I will read the top 10 of our currently 22 then we have a, a four for today where we all have yeah. to go through and uh, do two each. Uh, number one right now is Under Night in Birth EX Late Control R. Fuck off. That was a blessing game. Number two is Round Guard by Greg. Number three, Darwin Project. That was a blessing joint. Number four, Hidden Through Time, a Greg one. Number five, Camico by Blessing. Number six, Foxyland 2 was me. Number seven, Mosaic was me. Number eight, uh, Zombieland, Zombie Army 4, Dead War was me. And then Under Hero by Blessing. And then number 10, Super Destroy Not land wars a blessing joint now blessing as i said we have two to catch up on here last week because of we couldn't say it because of the final fantasy review if you didn't know final fantasy long ass game uh we had to punt some stuff we didn't get enough time to get into so we have two games to go through you have paper beast and the complex i have moons of madness and snakey bus (laughs) i want you to start bless because i want to talk about the complex a little bit and i want to know more about what you think of it 
Oh, I shall say I play. I also played some of Snakey Bus. Um, but we'll get to that later. You want me to start off with with the complex? Yeah, if you're down with it. Sure, I'll start with the complex. If you're not scared, if you're scared, it's no big deal. I'm a little bit scared. I don't know. Like the complex is basically it's a it's a movie that has choices in it. It's like Erica. It's a choose your own adventure I'll, movie. Yeah, it's a choose your own adventure movie. Think like Erica, or think like that uh Black Mirror Bandersnatch thing. Yeah, it's like it that same exact like kind that, of thing. right because Erica had mini games in it, like turn a lock and like. Yeah, like Erica had like weird stuff with that because it had Erica used the touchpad on the PS4 or your right. phone if you wanted to do. Um, but the complex is very much like you are the only interaction you're having with the game is choosing between two options in any given choice and you're playing or you're choosing for the the main character in the game whose name i cannot remember because i feel like all the characters in in the (laughs) i feel like all the characters in the complex are pretty unremarkable um even okay reese had personality he wasn't that great either but um yeah, he was also under like he reminded me. He was like a carbon copy of um, last week tonight. Um, a bit. Oh, John Oliver. Oh, John Oliver. Which I love, John Oliver. But yeah, um, the complex. You're basically you're you're basically playing as a researcher who works in a lab, and there is a bio like I don't, I don't think it was a bio weapon, but like it, yeah, a bio agent that got out and that is infecting people. And also, it's a weird game to play in in. in in the time we're, we're in because it isn't everything everything's weird now. <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah a bioweapon get, or a bio not bio uh, weapon, bio agent clear, uh tetris is still solid thank you kevin wait what does it have to do with anything? don't encourage him don't engage tetris. continue your point by the way what does that mean amy tenant we were talking amy about tenet. every isn't every game weird now and he's like no tetris is still great to play in a pandemic oh tetris is solid and like pie on camera again yeah uh kevin did you play I tetris effect a pie did I play Tetris? Yeah, Tetris Effect's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but <laughs> the 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 most of the story <laughs> takes place in a in a complex in like the the, the, in the complex. complex. Yeah, in the complex, and you are basically it's you're there are basically a few characters that are stuck in this complex and are, that are trying to get out, and that's the whole story. And it it was very forgettable for me. I yeah, yeah like. All the characters, like, firstly, like, I don't want to hate on the act- actors and actresses because this is very much like a, like, a, uh, hey, I'm trying to get my foot in the door kind of thing, it seems like, in terms of, <laughs> in, ter- in terms of the acting. Um, but I, yeah, like, the performances didn't really do much for me. The characters all felt kind of stereotypical. Like, here's, here's, here's a tropey character. Like, it felt like here's a tropey character over and over again for each of the, each of what, who the characters are playing. Um, they didn't really have much backstory or personality there that really spoke to me. Really, uh, the one thing I will say is that for every for each of the choices that you're making in the game, they have these percentage meters that are attached to all the side characters. If you go into your menu, and mm-hmm. you can, depending on your choice, you can strengthen or weaken the relationship you have with the side characters in the game. Uh, that was actually like a pretty cool thing because you can go in your menu like after any choice you can go to your menu and be like okay they react this character reacted to this decision i made favorably but this character reacted to it negatively and that then changes how the endings play out i think there are like eight different endings uh in the game and yeah that was like the one cool thing to me aside from that like the story felt 
just very forgettable. My biggest um, question for you is how long did you take? Because I started playing it on Saturday, but like I said, I was just off. Uh, I'm trying to sneeze, sorry. Just off Final Fantasy, and then I had to do my uh, 104 game. So I started into it, and then I, I stopped to go do something, and I didn't get back to it. How long is a playthrough? Probably like an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, and apparently the platinum is pretty easy if that if that piques your interest. You have to right. play multiple times though. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely look through the trophies when it's a choose your own adventure. I'm like, well, how easy would this be? And I'm sure it's one of those things where it might be one of those things where you have to uh, save at a certain point and sure. then like just do the different choices or the different endings. Um, but yeah, like I don't know, man. I just wasn't I wasn't feeling it. It was hard to even pay attention to this thing because everything was just so unremarkable. Like, yeah. For me, yeah, I was, I was, I'm interested enough to restart it, or I'm not. I mean, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say restart it to pick it back up. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm with you that, like, yeah, it's what's notable about it is that it is a interactive movie on PlayStation, right? That's uh, that's it. Bandersnatch, I think, mm-hmm. is better looking and you know probably acted better in certain regards and because I think the main character is uh, fine. The Reese character, yeah, I don't she's like. fine. Yeah, Amy Tennant uh, is the character. Michelle Milet is the actress who is from Letterkenny, which when we were talking about this last week, I saw a lot of comments about that. Um, mm. I thought her performance from what I've seen of it was good enough. It, but it is very much like, to your point, you're watching it or playing it, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, wow, this is all on really bad green screen. Okay, like, you know, whenever they, when they walk downstairs and they put on their, like, hazmat suits and then they walk into, like, this giant shapeless void, you're like, oh, okay, I can see what you're yeah. working with and where you're at here. Like, because I think it's gonna be, you know, done so I can't be the high, I can't have that much more in front of me, right? And like I've already gone far enough into it, I might as well see it through to what it is. Like I'm interested enough to see how it ends and what the choices are and how they portray them. But yeah, I wasn't like I'm not sold, sold on it or anything like that. It's just it's yeah. an interesting thing though that you don't, it, it, you know, Erica withstanding or whatever. Right? You don't see that often, I think, on PlayStation. In terms of yeah, like, here's this interactive movie for you to go through and make choices, you know, which makes it which which makes it novel. But I think me also coming off of Erica, having played Erica, Erica I think last year, uh, it feels like forever ago, but I think it was last August yeah, that actually, I played Erica. Uh, I feel like coming off of that, like Erica, I would I would even say I I liked more than this, and I did not like like Erica that much. Wow, you liked um, Erica more than this, huh? Like Erica, yeah. I definitely turned off because I was just like. I know this is I don't like the acting. I don't like the mini games. I'm not part. Yeah, of it, it might have been the mystery in Erica that got me because I'm very much in, in the mystery. This game doesn't really have much of a mystery. There are reveals that happen, but none of them really made me go like, oh, snap. Like, that's really cool. Or, oh, that explains this. Like, all of it yeah. was kind of like, oh, I could see see all of this coming. And Erica, I feel like had more a bit more to do this game. Yeah, that was the like, same thing even with this one. We're like not even having finished it, but like. All right, clearly Reese is the bad guy. Like you know, like in like it's like I I thought maybe I'm wrong and it's not. You don't have to tell me if I'm right or wrong. But like the way mm-hmm. they did stuff and like the way like you like following him and doing these things, I was like, they're clearly setting it up right. This this I don't maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so. there's certain things they set up where it's like I see where this is going. Uh, and the the one complaint I will say is that when you're given a choice, like whenever a choice pops up on screen, there's no like sound to indicate it or there's no there's like nothing there's there's nothing to really alert you that there's a choice going aside from the choice popping up on screen and if you're like me and you're playing this game and you're getting bored and you look at your phone and you look up (laughs) you notice that like the the choice is there and the time is running out uh and that happened quite a few times uh and so like that that's definitely a thing where if you're gonna make a game or you're making a choice maybe like a ding or like piano music or something 
Oh, sure. You yeah. know, that, doing that can help out a lot. Yeah, it's, you know, $12.99 on PlayStation right now. Uh, interesting argument in terms of because I guess that's the thing where you're like, well, how does it shake out in terms of like quality and your value? Not even quality of the game because it's not a game. Quality of the movie and the story and the experience, right? And yeah, like when did you have any inkling after you beat it to want to go back and like see the other endings? That's a no. Yes, but because my, my yes because my ending sucked. My ending was trash, Greg. And it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like a like a character died or whatever that like and or like my main character died or something like that. It was just one of those things where it was like it was it was so uneventful and so uh, non climactic that I was like, huh. I wonder if there is like a specific ending that I'm supposed to get that makes this all pay off. But the ending I got just didn't pay off. And so I was like, ah, maybe like that was the one thing that made me want to retry it. But I'm not going to retry it. Um, right. Then do we want to wait till we're done talking about these to put them up there or no, how I like we do this? Go, why not? Right. All right. Cause right now I'm, I know I, hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm debating with myself, but, uh, whether or not to put it above or below space channel five VR. Oh wow! So you're 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 debating if it should go above or below number seventeen on our list of twenty two. Yeah, five VR. Because Space Channel Five VR, I will say, had a it had personality, it had a purpose, and it was fun. It was fun while it lasted, but it was just very, very, very short, which is why I was like, "Oh, this is unacceptable for yeah. how much it is." I'm gonna hmm, I'm gonna put it below Space Channel Five at number eighteen. Okay. Okay, you drop it in. There it goes. All right. So then, yeah, we're adding the complex at number 18 right now in our 104 list of PlayStation. Uh, while you do that, I'll toss out. Uh, well, you said you put. Well, now Moons of Madness is going to be shorter. Uh, Moons of Madness, right? Mm. Um, first person uh, Lovecraftian horror. It was the way it was described, right? And not even horror, maybe, because the whole thing is like you're on Mars and you're in the space uh, station. But are you losing your mind or is there an evil presence on board or whatever? And I was like, all right, that sounds interesting enough. I want to jump in and go for it uh, from Rock uh, Rock Pocket Games. Um, it's it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just found it, and I'm not done with it. I should point out. Uh, it's like, uh, I think uh, Time to Beat has it at five and a half hours or whatever. And I forget how many hours I put in now. I think I, think I put in like two because I was getting through it. But it's enough of like, it's you know meant to be one of those what do you want to say i mean it's meant to be like a gone home with lovecrafting stuff it's meant to be clearly like a walking um, sim yeah because it's wandering around with and then doing puzzles and stuff it's not a combat game you're not fighting the monsters you run from anything that uh, eventually starts popping up or whatever and it's very meant to be those jump scares or you know you turn a corner you see a silhouette and it's gone kind of thing but the problem is none of it's ever really well done on that front like mm. i think the game itself in terms of visuals looks good like i it, it i was impressed with how it looked based on what i was thinking of just hey some random ass psn game how's this gonna look i thought it looked better than i imagined it would in terms of environments uh in terms of you know, so again like you're on mars you're on the secret expedition like very literally as soon as you wake up you can go in and you find a note you've already you've been writing to your dad because you told your dad you're going on this mission to antarctica but in reality you're at mars so you've written this thing but even after i get back like i'm not gonna be able to give you this letter for years because of how ndas work here and all this stuff so it's like okay cool you're setting up this experiment the space station on mars all this stuff um but like as soon as you come out and you get going god damn it what is the other one i'm thinking of what's the other 
not gone home from Fulbright, the one in space. Tacoma. Oh, Tacoma. Tacoma. Thank you. Yeah. Tacoma, I think, is so well done in terms of exploring this deserted space station and stuff. Like, this one looks more realistic than Tacoma, but from the moment you get out and like move into three or four rooms, you're like, oh, I get it. This is one of those games where I wander around and there's no other person in the game. You know what I mean? And like, there's mm-hmm. other people who talk to you through your comms or whatever. And like, eventually, you know, it goes awry and they, you can't make contact with them anymore. But it was like, oh, this is one of those isolated things. But even to that, like, I think layers of fear, another first person I'm going to walk around and not fight things, but I'm going to go through this horror game was scary and like put me on edge and made me creeped out. Like this one never does. And I've gotten through the jump scares and I've gotten through running from the monster and I've died to the monster and this, that, you know, and like, it's just like, oh, okay. And then it's got a bunch of puzzles in it, but I think all the puzzles are not interesting. You know what I mean? Like there's an early one of like going through and having to move solar arrays around to catch the light to do the thing. And it was like, okay, this, the mechanic of moving them is kind of all right. And then later on I'm going through and it's like, I got to restart this thing to drain the water. So I have to go to all these different places and get the uh, color coded piece to come put back in the thing to then figure out this math puzzle of how it was just like stumbling or not even stumbling, like getting the things was easy enough, not challenging, but it wasn't fun enough. Like the moment to moment of me doing isn't fun enough. Even when your character runs, he's not running quickly enough. Like it's one of those games that's trying to anchor you in this thing, but I think it works to its disadvantage where it's making me, not interested to explore more like it, you know i'm complex right uh i'm interested enough from playing that little bit i played of it to come back to it eventually this one like cool i I wanted in the best case world to beat it obviously before we came on here but didn't work out timing eyes with a bunch of other stuff so i played through it and now that i'm talking about it like i'm not gonna go back to it like i'm not like there's a little bit of a breadcrumb dropped from where i was of like oh yeah his mom disappeared you know after his birthday party one day and so as I've now descended into my madness of this Lovecraftian thing, like there was this cool moment of, you know, I'm in the space state, the space suit. You have to like put air into your suit and all this different stuff and manage that, not to an annoying degree at all. But, you know, went into a thing and kind of woke up in not space anymore. And I was running through these like underground tunnels that had torches there and like, you know, uh, desks that made no sense why these would be underground. And then, you know, I ended up in my basement, like a childhood basement or whatever. And it's like, that's interesting, but it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a cool yeah. idea, but not nearly enough for me to want to play this because it's just plotting. I feel like the whole game's plotting as it goes, where it's like not bad by any imagination. If I guess Lovecrafting, which is like, you know, all these tentacles and shit is your thing, <laughs> go for it. But again, it's not scary. That's the other thing where it's just like, I don't feel like it's accomplishing any of its checklist of what its goals must have been, where I'm not scared. Uh, the puzzles aren't interesting. I'm not, it's a good looking environment, but I'm not motivated to run around and be a part of it. Right. So it's just like, I feel like it misses on a lot of things and I'm not interested enough to see, am I losing my mind? It, it strikes me so much of like, I, I don't know, but I, it strikes me so much as like, it's going to be like a Blair Witch Project 2 ending. We're like, I killed them all. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what was going on, but it turned out I fucking vented them into space or some shit. I don't know. But it's like, I'm just not motivated to find out more. They're not asking enough interesting enough questions for me to put up with the boring gameplay. Mm. So to rank that one then, right, to jump into this thing. I would say I'd put it above Spartan Fist. So below Separation, above no. Spartan Yeah, hold on. Separation. Because that would be number 21. Yeah, I really didn't like Separation's puzzles. Yeah, okay, I'm going to put it above separation. So for me, it's going to go at number 20. 
which puts it below Katana Kami, uh, Away of the Samurai Story, but above Separation. Number 20, Moons huh. of Madness. Moons of Madness. Tell me about that Paper Beast blessing. So Paper Beast is a PSVR game that when we talk about like the the um, difference between like a VR game and a VR experience, it's definitely way more on on the experience side. Okay. Like I I don't know what I would call it in terms of genre. I guess I would say it's like a adventure puzzle game that sort of deal. Uh, you're placed in the wild, and you have a bunch of paper beasts that are like roaming the the land. Right. Okay. These are animals or big beasts, like dinosaur looking things also that are made out of made purely out of paper. Um, and you're basically traversing, you're going through chapter by chapter, and you are trying to figure out how to get to the next place. Right. Like you start off when you first start off, you're in a desert and you like look around and like you have like you have a beast that's like walking back and forth. And if you look at the beast and if you like point at the beast with your, with your move controller, you can then take out a thing. That'll then allow you to like move around. You're doing like the blink movement around. Okay. Um, but yeah, the whole crux of the game is that you're essentially gameplay wise, you're essentially just trying to figure out how to move forward and how to get to the next part. And the the compelling thing is everything that's going on around you as that's happening, like seeing the world, trying to figure out what makes this world tick, trying to understand what's going on. Uh, there's like a lot of weird things that happen. Like at a certain point, you go into a cave. And there's like a big storm that happens, but like the storm is like it's like a paper storm. It's like all paper that's like flying okay. around like shredded paper, and that pretty much carries through the whole experience. Like the whole experience is you you experiencing these weird things going on in nature. Visually, the game's really cool. Uh, it's really it, it it looks beautiful in a lot of its moments. Uh, I found I I liked some of the trippy stuff it did. Overall, the game this game didn't really do that much for me. I found it kind of boring i found it abstract in a way that i kind of respected but also just like I, I i've played abstract abstract games that felt like they had more purpose that and, you in more. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that yeah that locked me in more this one i just kind of felt lost throughout the time i played it um <laughs> but like like it's not it, i it's not a bad game by any means like it seemed fine like all, like it worked fine what looks good uh it functioned all this stuff but i it, it was just another game that was kind of unremarkable to me um want want and so and, uh, worth pointing out, i think this is one of those that uh playstation sent us right so ftc this is a playstation provided code yeah or whatever yeah yeah, 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 yeah. and so that as far as because you know i always want playstation vr games to be stand like to be stand out no, I, I want every game to be a standout and be awesome but like playstation vr in general i still have a soft spot for where i want that to have a bunch of bangers on it right for sure, and it's it's one of those things where I think this game is for is I think this game can be for you. I think there this game is for certain people. I just don't think I'm one of those people. I I I, I can see somebody coming out of this game and being like, "Oh, that was a fantastic experience," and I'm and, and somebody being like, "I'm glad I played that." Uh, I it's just it's just one of those ones that didn't hit for me specifically. Okay, where so do you make it? with that said, I. I'm going to put this right below Throw Anything, which was another PlayStation VR game that I did enjoy. But I'll put it in like somewhat of the same category of like it's fine overall. Sure. Um, so number 13 is what you're looking at right now. Yeah. Below Throw Anything, above Earth Night. Okay. Uh, which brings us to the final game of the week, since it was a double week here, Snakey Bus. Now, of course, if you didn't see Snakey Bus yesterday, or last week, I should say, break out on this show, 
or like what is this thing and then it's this thing where you are a bus and you drive around and your bus gets longer and it's like snake and yeah i was like all right this sounds fucking rad let's go um i grabbed it downloaded it started playing and yeah so the idea of the gameplay here is simple you are a bus you are driving around it's got a little bit of crazy taxi to it it's got it's crazy yes. taxi meets your the phone game snake uh meets you know uh I guess those are probably the two things it meets, but then driving around different environments, right? So like there's a, a suburb, there's Seattle, there's Miami, there's a museum. You drive around uh, your bus, you collect passengers, uh, similar to like crazy taxi, if you will. Uh, and then you, once you hit the max number or whenever you want to, there's a destination stop that you drive through and automatically deposit all the people at, which then adds more buses to your bus. So your bus starts to look like a train with other uh, buses as the other cars. It's just, you know, this long line of buses all connected, like human centipede kind of, or just a train, but I like to bring up human centipede. Uh, you drive around, you do that, you keep going. And then obviously the, it be, the trouble begins that you can't stop moving. If you stop moving, account, like if you run into a wall or whatever, if you dead end, uh, a, a timer starts counting down and it's really quickly and then it's game over. Uh, this, of course, then runs into that you can't run it. You can because you, you have a jump uh, like boost kind of thing that you can jump over stuff. You can also kind of power over a lot of things. So it's not like Snake on your phone where if you hit yourself, you die. But you do have to have enough momentum to get over the side and go. And then there's physics to it of like in the museum level, there's this giant hole that you can fall down and all these different things like that. And then there's ramps and all these you know different uh, angles to take and different routes and stuff. When I started it, I was like, man, what a kooky, crazy idea. And like the first level you have is a, a dorm room. So you're driving around. There's a bunch of hot wheel carts, uh, hot, hot, hot wheel tracks and jumps and stuff like that. And so it was like, oh, cool. You're going through it and stuff. And I was like struggling a bit because it doesn't really give you a tutorial. And it's like this. And I when I figured out, I was like, okay, cool. I played another level and I was like, all right. And then it was like, maybe this is going to be one of those PS, uh, uh, PSN 104 list things where I played it for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I've seen it all. I'm good. And I did it, and I did, and then I was like, eh, and then I popped out, and I looked at the trophies, and the trophies do the cumulative score. So when you come back, your score is getting added to one giant pot, and like it's all all the trophies are attached to that, with the exception of uh, one, uh, three that are like based on the number of cars you can get into it. And I was like, oh well, I'm kind of close to the next trophy. I might as well keep going. And that set off a cascading thing of like another 45 minutes of me playing Snakey Bus, where it was at first glance, and I think even playing it, you're like whatever all right cool it's, it's an interesting idea i can see how this mm -hmm. would demo really well on a packed show floor but how much time would i really want to put into it and then it became that thing where the trophies this is when i love trophies the trophies brought me through it long enough that by the end of it it wasn't about just the trophy it was about like fuck i can do the museum better than this fuck hold on like it was that oh, i die and i want to restart it right away because i know where i fucked it up and i should be now i know that when i'm coming down the museum I should not, and I have that many car, tr cars behind me. I need to jump as hard. I need to cut hard right to the wall right here to try to get up the ramp to get over the thing. And when I come off the thing, like it was like, huh, there's something to that that I didn't expect. You said you played mm -hmm. a blessing. How, how, what did you think? I mean, I didn't play it for that long, so I did have that first reaction of like, mm -hmm. all right, whatever. But like, I, I will say, I did play the Seattle level, and me having lived in Seattle for four years right before moving down here to SF the i thought the seattle level was pretty well realized like i i really enjoyed just like driving around and seeing the pu public market center and like seeing totally. stuff that i i recognize like the downtown looked like seattle downtown my favorite um, part was when it was uh my next destination to drop people off was another starbucks yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's driving, i was like is that the same starbucks and then the destination was another starbucks or a different yeah starbucks. no like as you're right. driving around seattle it's just a bunch of different starbucks and i was like yep that's that's seattle they that's they nailed it checks. yeah 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 
Yeah, so it's a weird one where I think if I hadn't played more, I wouldn't have caught that hook that like made me want to keep playing, if that makes sense. Where I, you know, this is always, I want to unlock more maps. Because you're unlocking different maps as you play. You're unlocking different cars. You're unlocking some different modes. So there's a bunch of stuff there. But at the core, it is like, how long can you go? How long can you survive doing this thing? And again, it's kooky. It's weird. It's one of those weird indie games where like, all right, yeah, I get it. Like, that's a funny, neat idea. But then it went through that thing where it hit the tipping point of becoming that arcade experience of one more run, one more quarter. How much further can I get with this? Wait, it, oh, I fucked that up. I know I can do better than that. I know I can do this. Well, this map's hard. Could I get further on another map? Like that whole juggle of really interesting ideas, which I really liked and I didn't delete from my PS4. Like that's usually my sign for these uh, 104 PSN games ranked. Whereas if I finish it and then I'm like, cool, I'm going to talk about it, delete it. Like Moons of Madness was, I played right up until we started recording. I will be deleting that as soon as I'm done here and I go to play Division. But I'm going to keep Snakey Bust to work on that platinum and fuck around with it and try to unlock everything, which is a high compliment. Right now, I'm looking at the uh, uh, store page for it, right? It's $9.59 with a 20, uh, 20% discount. That's through the 14th of April. And then it'll go back up to 12 bucks, which, again, I think at $9.59, if you want to chase a high score and do these kind of things, and there's worldwide leaderboards and all that jazz, that's a no-brainer. 12 bucks is what I was like, mm, maybe I'd wait for the next sale to come around. But I was surprised. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, especially when I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to tap out here. So to rank so where it, do you put it? I know, right? Plus, that's where it gets interesting. It is. I always, yeah, because I, I always go off my games before I want to argue with any of your games, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put it at number eight because I think Mosaic had obviously a story to it and it had a goofy trophy list that I really appreciated that was tied to you wasting your time and how that's a waste of your time. But it also, like, it knew what it was, and it was trying to deliver that, and it did that in the thing. Zombie Army 4, but I'd still say Mosaic is more of a, you should play that before you should, mm, fuck, do I say that? <laughs> all right, no, I'm going to, all right, here we go. So I'm going to put it at number seven. I'm going to put it oh. below Foxyland 2, a great Super Mario clone above Mosaic, which, again, is a game that does itself, but, like, Snakey Bus is fun to play. And like I said, I, I would keep that around. Oh, Even with their weird trophy list, I didn't uh, keep it. New number seven. It's exciting. That then pushes uh, Super Destronaut Land Wars down oh, to number 11 oh, off the top 10. It's wild. Man, it Crazy oh, things man. going on. It, you know what I mean? Anything can happen on 100 PSN games ranked. Speaking of which, Wesway, let's see what we're picking for this week. Of course, reading from the PlayStation blog where Justin has put up the drop. Uh, AFL Evolution 2 is PS4 out digitally. Uh, the Evolution continues a true reflection of the modern AFL game. Pursue your goals with greater depth, improved draft. Re- it looks like it's what, rugby? Is that what AFL is? Australian? It's Australian football. Oh, Australian which football, is be, yeah. I mean, we're not going to play that, so whatever. Uh, below... Uh, explore, survive, and discover what lies below in this brooding, atmospheric dungeon crawler. Below presents a vast underworld of ever-shifting labyrinths where deadly monstrosities, cunning traps, and a shadowy presence lurk in every package. What lies below? Only the brave will find out. Whoa. Uh, biped coming to PlayStation 4. We talked about it earlier. Uh, biped is a physics-based 3D co-op action-adventure game with a strong focus on move- moment-to-moment collaboration between two players. Two little bipedal robots, uh, Aku and Sila, We'll walk side by side and embark on a fun and bonding journey to accomplish their mission on planet Earth. Uh, Brave Land Trilogy. Uh, oh, sorry. This is on PlayStation 4. 
story this the story takes place in a hand-drawn world that and covers many interesting places and characters various warriors will join your army archers scouts healers footmen are back are and more i don't know what that was construction sim- what was it now I mean, I'm not sure. I was going to say, what, what the fuck does an Arbaluster dollar do? I have no idea what an Arbaluster is. By the way, Kevin, I got, I got a question for you, Kevin. Yeah, what's up, man? Is Greg really choppy for you, or is that just me? Uh, it seems like you both are getting a little choppy. Oh no, that might yeah, be you're just. You sound like a robot as you say that. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah I'm hearing. Like it sounds like you guys sound like robots too. No, it's definitely you. Oh, is it me? Uh, I think so. Uh, well, Greg, okay. talk a little well, more. Kevin, hey, you sound me. good to me. I'm talking to you right now. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, it's, blah. Bo- it's both of you guys. Fuck, maybe it's me. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm, Greg's choppy to me also, and so I don't think it's you. I think it might just be Discord in that case. Oh, no. I'm running yeah, a speed Discord test. Yeah, Discord might be pooping. Kevin's running a speed test, everybody. Uh, can I continue with the list and then yeah. see what happens? Yeah, okay. robot. Go for it. Uh, Construction Simulator 3 console edition comes to PlayStation 4. Construction Simulator 3 returns to Europe. Discover an idyllic European town with officially licensed vehicles by famous brands. Take on diverse and challenging contracts. Shape the skyline of your city and expand your vehicle fleet. Convoy, a tactical roguelite. Is that on PC? Or I'm sorry, PC, PS4. Uh, Convoy is a tactical roguelite in which you cross a wasteland in search of parts for your broken ship. Travel with your combat vehicles and convoy across a wasteland to find parts needed to repair your broken spaceship. Keep your convoy and its cargo safe from raiders, privateers, and other enemies during this journey. Disaster Report 4, Summer Memories. A calm summer day turns into catastrophe when a massive earthquake strikes the city, throwing buildings and lives into chaos. In order to survive, you must navigate familiar locations under unfamiliar circumstances. The fellow survivors you meet and crucial decisions you make will ultimately determine how your journey through this crisis will end. Final Fantasy VII Remake, AAA game we can't do, but you already know about it. Form, coming to PlayStation VR. Enter a surreal adventure where puzzles are built from dreams and memories. Solve the mystery behind an ancient artifact. Advance through a world that transforms around you. Transcend this existence. Charm Games brings you Form, a surreal adventure that unfolds within the confines of the human mind. Mm. Galaxy of Pen and Paper, plus one edition on PS4. Galaxy of Pen and Paper is a turn-based hey, um... meta RPG. Real quick, it is getting pretty yeah, no. bad. You guys are super choppy. Should we okay. stop the call and start it again? Sure, everybody. Hey, if you didn't remember, this is kind of funny. Working from home, uh, we have different challenges to overcome, obviously, in this pandemic. Apparently, we are choppy. For like, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. First time ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So what do you, yeah. Kevin, what are the instructions? What do you want me and Blessed to do? I, I mean, I, I think right now we should just disconnect and reconnect. See if uh, reestablishing okay. so it. We'll hang up. You call us back. We'll see what happens. All right. Please hold. Hopefully Hello. The vaccine. Oh, bless you. I, I think I think you did an audio call instead of a video call, Kevin. No, I don't Kevin, think so. You silly goose. Um. Okay. Maybe not. I'm back. I see blessing. Blessing is good. Blessing better. do some stuff. Yeah, Greg sounds way better. Yeah. All right, good. There we go. There we go. Okay, Kevin actually, fixed it. Round of applause for Kevin. Continuing to still all, right. all the problems. I literally just hung up and, and called again. Kevin, <laughs> take the fucking thing. You did something. Oh, blessings all robotic. Shit. Oh, no. no. He's all pixelated. He doesn't sound bad, though. 
Kevin, do you want to try? Uh, I'm sure everybody who's watched this far, two hours or whatever into the show, we could just do, we could try jumping over to just audio. No, it's fine. Okay, he, he we'll just looks pace. pixelated. If, as long as the audio is fine, I'm I'm fine. All right, keep me posted. If anything changes, just let us know. Uh, Galaxy and Pen and Paper is a turn-based meta RPG about a group of players rolling dice in the year 1990. Create your own game master and RPG party as they roleplay, explore distant planets in their imagination, fight weird aliens, and save the galaxy in the era of dial-up internet and floppy disks. Uh, Null Drifter on PlayStation 4. Blast into a one-bit lo-fi simulation that will gradually train your skills up to become the ultimate space fighter pilot. Secretly part of the Project Starship world, this twin-stick shooter is designed to prepare pilots for their mission against the awakened forces of the Void. A Room Where Art Conceals is on PlayStation VR. In the distant future, many masterpieces of art have disappeared in the turmoil, and people have lost their emotions in the indifference of survival. Well, you accidentally opened the door to a mysterious old space and woke up the robot guarding, what the fuck is this game? (laughs) The paintings in some way, who will guide you to find their lost paintings by entering the world within these famous paintings uh, and experience the emotions of such fascinating paintings. (laughs) Mario C4. Yeah, apparently. Rush Rover. Uh, Rush Rover is a 2D top-down shooter game with gameplay mechanics similar to traditional shmups. It includes random map generation, unique weapons, lots of different enemies, exciting boss battles, and a dynamic chiptune soundtrack. Oh, man. Speaking to me. Well, here, this one's going to speak to you too, Bless. Sharknado VR, Eye of the Storm, PlayStation (laughs) That's awesome. Fight your way through swarms of hungry flying sharks in Sharknado VR. Slice them with a chainsaw, shred them with machine guns, or explode them with the RPG. Can you survive the Sharknado? And then Troubleshooter comes to PlayStation 4. Uh, Why did the dinosaurs go extinct? Bad weather? Meteors? Or because of a maniac with rainbow hair? Who knows? Troubleshooter is a top-down arcade shooter. Fight through endless waves of unsuspecting dinosaurs and prove you are the best. Grab a friend and rampage together. Use meteor showers and upgrades to your advantage. Now, Bless, I gotta tell you, that's it for this week. And this is a week for sure that is full of, hey, take a gamble. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like what no, are you? For real. Pick your poison here. You don't know how any of these are gonna go. Oh man, the there's a lot of interesting shit on here. And bless to get ahead of it, you get to pick first this week. I forget how it went last week, but we're just restarting. You pick first this week. Yeah, I, last week I think you picked first because that's how oh, you ended up. Oh, so now you're exactly like you last week. Why don't you I think guys, we argued about it? What bless? Why don't you get mom, Kevin? Hi, Kevin. D- depending on the the episode, even and odds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck so yeah, that's a great idea. from here on out, blessing is evens. We're even oh, there now. Oh, smart. It's 14? Yeah, we're episode 14. Okay. Smart. All right, cool. Great. Look, I solved your problem. Bitches. I love you, boss. Thanks, Kevin. I'm between biped and below. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Greg, where, where's your head at? As far as what you Here's what my thing is that below, I already want to try, so I can't. Like okay. I, because below when uh, if you remember, I don't know how you. I mean, you were a kind of funny fan before and an IGN fan before, because that's how long below has been gestating over at Cappy. Yeah. But if you remember, below showed up at a PAX. We all thought it was amazing, and then it was like seven more fucking PAXs of seeing below before it finally came out on Xbox One. Got on Xbox One, played on Xbox One, and I was like, oh, this wasn't what I wanted. And I know they've added a mode to below that is what I wanted, where it isn't like the die and lose everything, start as a new character. They've added something mm. to it. So that's interesting, but like I said, I'm already going to try that out. So then I get into, let's get fucking random. You know what I mean? Let's do some really? weird stuff. D- Disaster Report I've played before on like a stream, I think, at IGN, or maybe even 1UP way back in the day, so I wouldn't pick that. 
Galaxy of Pen and Paper sounds interesting, but the problem is I've tried to get into Galaxies of Pen and Paper before and I can't either. So then you get into just the random ass shit where for real, Null Drifter, where it's like, yeah, okay, it's a it's a one-bit lo-fi simulation that I'm like, that sounds it's like what does that even mean? Up. Exactly. I assume it gets it's a it's gonna be a twin stick shooter that gets progressively, you know, it's gonna go from one bit to two bit to eight bit to sixteen bit. Like maybe I'm guessing wrong there. Rush Rover sounds cool. A 2D top-down shooter game with gameplay mechanics similar to Shmups. Random Mac. It's got if yeah, actually, you know what? So hold on. Rush Rover was on the list. Sharknado VR, of course, is Sharknado, and it doesn't look like a licensed Sharknado. Did I don't know if nobody has like the Sharknado thing at sci-fi, but it doesn't. But Troubleshooter was the other one that I thought sounded really interesting too. Just because, like, whatever. Okay, I'm going through and it's gonna be me, the twin stick shooter thing. But Rush Rover gets my pick. I'm picking Rush Rover. And I don't oh. think this violates you. This doesn't violate you, I don't think, because you already said it wasn't between this one. But no. a 2D top-down shooter game with gameplay mechanics to shmups. Love that. Random map generation, sure. Unique weapons, sure. Lots of different enemies, okay. Boss battle, sure. And then but the dynamic chiptune soundtrack gets me excited. Yeah, no, for that's the thing that caught me too. I was like, yeah, oh man, yeah, that's way, that's I speaking up everybody. Rush Rover, PlayStation 4 and Vita. It lives. Oh. Greg, I'm going to put gonna my gonna money where my mouth cowards? is. I'm going to play on PlayStation 4, probably. Oh. Mm, yeah, that's cowardly behavior. Uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to go biped. I talked it up oh. during the, the, the X's and O's. I'm going to try it out, and I'm going to report back. Let y'all know if I still stand by it looking like it's a fun experience. If you're trying to do some of that co-op, let me know. Yeah, you down? Kevin? Go download the division. You said you would download the division and play with me and Fran tonight. Go download it. All right. If I have how can I how can I get you into Rainbow Six Siege? Here's the thing, guys. I have to go pick a bunch of stuff from the studio today. I found out Mm because I have to fix this stupid uh, Last of Us stream. There it is. Sure, sure. So Kevin sounds like he's dying as he's saying the sentence. You, well, you've been there where you think about all the work you have to do and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, it's going to suck. Yeah. No, for what, sure. What do you have to fix? About the, you mean like setting Nick up so you can capture it at home? He's on my voice meter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like all of that. Like, voice meter is a solution that won't work for only Nick because he's got a PC. And Mac. we don't have PC or Mac, yeah. We don't have PCs to, like, I don't know if we have an extra PC that can handle streaming and recording. I know for a fact we don't. So... <laughs> Man. Nick sucks, huh? Yeah. The best part is we say during games podcast, he'll never hear it. Never he'll, hear yeah, it. he'll never know. Never, never. Uh, bless. It's time for reader mail, and it's of course what we uh, did the whole fucking topic or headline about the show. So we got to get to it, otherwise people get mad at us. Uh, we have two questions that I think go hand in hand and piggyback oh. off our emergency PS. I love you, XOXO, from earlier in the week. Big Dylan J, oh, I guess whatever. Late last week, Big Dylan J says, "What's up, guys? The Last of Us 2's recent delay brings up a lot of questions with regards to two major things: Ghost of Tsushima's release and the PS5 launch. How soon will we see Ghost of Tsushima's delay announced? Does the delay of The Last of Us 2 and potentially Tsushima uh, shift priorities for both Sony and these studios towards either a delay in the launch of PS5?" Or will we see something similar to between PS4 and PS3 launch games where games get launched with two copies across both platforms? Now, Blessing, I also want to bring in Kyle Spriggs, who writes in and says, uh, patreon.com slash kind of funny game. With The Last of Us delayed again due to COVID-19, do you think Sony will release or at least consider releasing a day and date PS4 and PS5 if it pushes that far? Thanks for the laughs and hope you all are well. Now, Bless, Mm -hmm. of course, last week uh, they come out, PlayStation that is, 
say that both Iron Man VR and The Last of Us Part Two are delayed indefinitely. And yep. that it's not the game's fault or the developer's fault. It's literally everything else around this, which we immediately jump to, oh my God, yeah, the supply chain, everything else. Since then, I think I want your read on this because I know we kind of talked about it, but I don't think we've talked about it now with more level heads, not what we've thought through, where we think our mind's actually at, what's going to happen. Uh, I've talked to not people in the know or whatever, but more conversations with obviously kind of funny best friends about it. And just the idea that like, well, cool that, the games can be finished, but it's also this idea of like localization. It's also this idea of QA. It's also this idea of mm. testing. It's also the idea of first. And it's like, oh yeah, like all those people are working from home too. So we've been so hung up, I think, in our discussions about last time was getting delayed and then PlayStation working from home that we're talking about it very much from is the game done? Not in the way of even if the game is done, even if you have these people with test kits at home, do you have people on the other side of PlayStation HQ that need to play all these things to get them approved, to check the boxes, to do the thing, to get the whatever voice tracks in, are mm -hmm. they ready to go? And I think that's the bigger problem too, right? Yeah. So I, the question does become though, and I think this is where we put the headline right. Where is your head at now? Basically a week removed from The Last of Us uh, delay where we can think about it and the indefinite delay of Iron Man. What does this mean for Ghost of Tsushima? Is Ghost of Tsushima actually going to launch on time in June? I think the reason why Ghost of Tsushima hasn't been delayed yet is them just hoping, like them being like, hey, let's just not act prematurely and, and not know where things are going to be at uh, about a month from now. But I think for sure Ghost of Tsushima is probably also going to get delayed. I think we'll hear about that uh, next month. You know, I for context, right? Last of Us 2 got delayed last week. Last of Us 2 was set to come out May 29th. End of yeah, yeah, end of May. Um, and so that's two months out. Ghost of Tsushima is set to come out in June, June, June 26th, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, like a, a month from now, I imagine they'll have a, we'll, we'll all have a clear idea of where things are at as far as quarantine, as far as how close we are for things uh, uh, starting up again. You know, like, I, I mean, I think that I think there's a chance that we, we could be done working from home by May, right? But like, you know, like that's who knows? Right, like I'm not a scientist, I'm not, I'm not like a doctor or anything. Like I, the, mo most of us have no idea as far as like when things are gonna get back to. I don't think anybody really well, I mean, knows when things are gonna get back. You to know, if in case you missed our emergency PS, I love you uh, last week. I think what was so interesting about the PlayStation announcement of these uh, delays that are indefinite, right, is the idea that they don't know. It's it's the first time in a long time I really do feel like, and granted, because this is an issue far bigger than video games. It's the first time I can remember, really. And I guess, because even when I want to I want to reach back, basically, let me say the thing and I'll come back to this. Mm -hmm. It's the first time I can remember PlayStation literally being like, we don't know. Like, our, like we kind of wash our hands of the situation because it changes so much. Who, the, who, fuck, who fucking knows what's about to happen? Yeah. And the only thing I can compare that to would be the PSN outage. But even then, it wasn't they didn't know. It was like, oh, shit, there was this vulnerability we had in our thing that we didn't think people would get to and they got to it and we're sorry and like here's you know we're taking down the psn until we're until we know it can come back up and not be vulnerable and so to be here with so much of this out of their hands i do and i know it's crazy bless i do believe there is a possibility and i don't know how small or, or large it is that ghost of tsushima doesn't get delayed because I honestly do feel that, like, right now, you know, we're talking about shelter in place for SF being through, what, Kevin, is it May 5th, May 3rd, May 7th? That sounds right. 
It's somewhere yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's in, I think it's yeah. May 5th. May 5th. Uh, if they actually hit that, of course, that doesn't mean great. Everybody run to the bars. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody run yeah. to the bars in the movie theater. Like It'll be a slow roll up and ramp up and stuff. But if we did that and other places were able to do that, and that's a big if, seeing how all the horror stories coming out of New York right now. Then you'd get to, cool, May is still a complete fucking wash. Last of Us still can't get to a GameStop and still can't get all the approvals and needs and still can't. And even if it could, when are you rushing that through to a date? I think you'd be more inclined in this situation that if beginning of May, commerce and America is back to work in, in some regard, in a slower regard, I think you'd have more incentive there to keep the Ghost of Tsushima June release date because you already had plans for it. You already had all this different stuff. You probably already have ad buys that hopefully knock on wood for them would carry over and nothing has to change that you could still launch that one as you'd expect to. And rather than shove the last of us in, push ghost again, push all the ad buys, push all the planning, push all the disc production. Cause, and I know I'm talking on my ass cause I'm not a business person. I'm not on the inside. I don't know, you know, where last of us was supposed to be in all of this in terms of that. But I do think it fucking, if there is, if there is, and I shouldn't even say that actually, cause there isn't, but, if there's one silver lining for PlayStation and all of this, it's that they could very easily get in this world I'm painting you right now, and even not, maybe, hold on, get Ghost of Tsushima out in uh, June, or let Ghost of Tsushima cook until September. Then you launch the PlayStation 5, and you do launch Last of Us on the same day. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's where I'm at, is if we do get to the point where this is still all an issue... By the time they want to, they want to put out Ghost of Tsushima, and Ghost of Tsushima does get delayed. I think we are we are looking at a situation where the PS5 comes out with Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us at the the launch, coming out cross platform on PS4 and PS5. Into the and questions I, that we had on, by the way, I do want to say that I do not think in any shape, way, shape, or form you're going to get a like uh, uh, as Big Dylan J said something similar to PS3, PS4 launch games. It works. Kyle said. Uh, having a release with different versions on uh, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. I think what you would do is PlayStation, and I think it would just be one of them. I don't think you'd put them both out. I think you would I think you'd put Ghost of Tsushima out before the launch of PlayStation 5, and then on PlayStation 5, you put out yeah, like, have Last, Last of Us that day, and you, you make a big fucking deal about PlayStation 5, Last of Us, and I don't, you probably can't bundle them at this point, but it would be the... Hey, it runs best on PlayStation 5. It is this huge game from Naughty Dog. It's going to have these improvements, no loading, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we've optimized it for PlayStation 5. Even though it says PlayStation 4 in the box or PlayStation or however they handle what they're doing with box arts going forward in this, you know, new backwards compatible life. I think that would be the smartest fucking move you could do. Yeah, and I and I think that also goes along with them not putting a date on it. Like them saying because I, I that's the thing that probably shocked me most about their announcement last 100%. week was that they they used the words delayed indefinitely and not just they didn't just say delayed until later in 2020. Uh them saying indefinitely tells me that they're leaving room open for, you know, maybe the PS5 or yeah, PS5 comes out in late fall and then Last of Us comes out in early 2021. Like we don't know. Right. Or maybe if it does come down, comes down, if it does come down to consoles getting delayed, which I don't think they will. But if they do, maybe they get delayed till spring and maybe that's when they they drop the whole thing together. This at this point, and because I don't think it's a calculated move like they want to do this, obviously. Mm. At this point, launching the PlayStation 5 and The Last of Us on the same day 
makes sense because I really do think that all of this has thrown so many games that were about to cross the finish line into flux. I also do think it's going to have major ramifications on whatever the triple launch lineup. launch lineup for PlayStation 5 is going to be. Where I yeah. think for launching a new game on a brand new system, even if it is, you know, as certainly talked about in his talk, so much easier and this is just an evolution and people are up to speed way quicker there's still new hurdles and new challenges and like what does playstation 5's cross media slash live area look like and what what how do they all work together or intersect and what does that be like if you're able to because even us right now in the middle of our podcast having to stop to redo discord or whatever like we have a free pass playstation every business right now that is able to survive this fucking pandemic has a free pass for whatever it looks like so for there to be like PlayStation 5's here, we were gonna have the other things. It's not that way this year. You know, it's gonna be you know Horizons pushed out till next year, or whatever. But Last of Us is gonna drop this day. It is gonna have this kind of be- benefit. It is gonna have this added thing. Like that writes the narrative they would have to write without it. Even if you lose the first party or the whatever AAA, and I keep I'm thinking of Horizon. Obviously, you lose Horizon two for a launch day thing. Uh, for PlayStation 5 and you have to market it as a PlayStation 4 Pro 2 like no better way to fucking do that than Last of Us. Yeah, I agree. I, and and that's I, what I think is a, is a I'm not going to say likely. Well, actually maybe I might say likely. Like given that we just don't know how long this is going to go. If it goes to the point where it goes to is delayed, then I think that is probably the the, the likely thing. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. We'll see. I hold out hope that Ghost is able to hit, but of course this shit changes literally moment to moment hour to hour twitter trending topic to twitter trending top so what when do we think the playstation 5 reveal is then because they're not going to do it in the midst of all this are they no like no because no. and, and well, i know to, but no yeah but, but like you have in in the first week of june right ign's doing the summer of gaming that's going to have a lot of publishers right. uh revealing games doing all their e3 stuff and so game reveals are going to be happening well, that, that was the thing is, I think it was Schreier, right, who put up a tweet in the last week that was like, the pro- I'm hearing from a lot of third parties that they're anxious for them to announce these consoles because they have games for it, which makes sense. Yes. If I'm EA, if I'm UB, if I'm whoever, yeah, I'm ready to fucking talk in some regard about the game I, I'm working on. But if you're not ready to announce what the PlayStation, what F5 is and what Xbox is doing and yada, yada, like that fucks everything up. And so, yeah. On the one hand, sure. On the other hand, well, there was a PlayStation 5 reveal game. The first one was revealed at a Game Awards, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you can reveal that your game's there, but, of course, that's not apples to apples. I'm sure there's different Yeah, you want to be able things. to talk about features. You want to be able to talk about how the new Assassin's Creed takes advantage of whatever exactly. thing the PS5 does. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, like, when, yeah, when does the fucking PlayStation 5 get announced? What, how do you do any of this in a way that isn't insensitive to the real struggles that the world's going through right because i feel like we struggle with that you know i feel like every time we talk about this stuff i'm always like this is a big deal well it's a big deal in the terms of video games which don't matter and yet you know like you have to backfill so many things so yeah to like have your giant moment and be contending though like you're you're you figure whenever playstation the the arguments about e3 always were of why it existed and why it needed to exist was that you have at e3 USA Today understood they needed to be there to cover stuff. And so for PlayStation to come out and reveal the new PlayStation, the PlayStation 5, do they want that sharing headlines and page spaces with whoever's died of COVID that day? What the thing is, what what latest convention center that everybody knows in America has been turned into a makeshift hospital? Like, yeah, it's fucking crazy right now. And it is, and I, I say it 
full well knowing that my life revolves around video games and talking about video games, video games don't fucking matter right now. You know what I mean? Like they matter to us and they're a great distraction. And I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying the fact PlayStation doesn't feel the need right now. Xbox doesn't feel the need right now to be like, all right, cool. We're also, we're doing our thing right now. And mainly PlayStation. Cause I think Xbox is going to keep to their date in June where I do think mm -hmm. that while not safe to throw an E3, not safe to have 40,000 people in one convention center. I do think it's going to be a different time, knock on wood, that you're able to sit there and be like, it is E3 week and we are going to have a sense of normalcy here. We are going to celebrate this thing. We are going to do that stuff. And maybe that changes, maybe that moves on, but I don't know. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I think they, like you said at, at the beginning, right? I, they have to, but it also at the same time, it's like, you, you don't want to, to. But how do you do it? Yeah, because that's like, and that's what that's where I come down on as far as the consoles getting delayed. I don't think I don't think they can get delayed because you have an obligation to all these third parties for your consoles to be there this fall, so that they can, like if you delay PS Five and, and also Xbox uh, Series X to next year, you're then delaying so much more than that. You're delaying you're delaying games. You're you're delaying like what Ubisoft has planned for say probably Assassin's Creed a bunch of their games. You're delaying EA. You're delaying Activision, and then it's and like. I I hear you what and I do? agree with you on that, but but again, like this is I think the fucking weirdest thing about living through and covering video games in this is that it's this push and pull of like you're 100 percent right, but we've never dealt with this before. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but everybody understands where we're at right now. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's this weird thing of like you know I had a momentary flip out of like oh man, and I know Kevin's gonna break in and scream at me in a second, but I still haven't filed my taxes, and I was like oh fuck because I was waiting on this thing for a gen to get done because it's very complicated for a Canadian in America, and then it was the thing of like oh wait it got extended right like no, the rules just don't apply I, right. No, I, I haven't done mine either. I, well, while we're being honest, I haven't, I haven't done mine either, but that's that's mainly because I'm waiting on. Blessing, you're you're a child. All right, you're, you're that too. To you're a young man. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know it, got, I mean? it got it got extended I to July. You're sitting in the back so of a DiGiorno pizza box. Like you know what I mean? Like that's your life. All right. I'm just saying, like it's like, right now. I hear you, but I also think that that's why I do talk all the time on these shows of like there being like a literal a literal pause in the same way the movie industry is like you know what nothing's out, which is going to be fucking crazy when movies do come back and there's nothing to show in theaters. But hey, there's a pause on this like. We're not that far off from, I think, and maybe behind closed doors this happened too. It was just like PlayStation, Xbox, and then their third-party partners being like, yeah, nothing's happening. So we don't even know if the next, we don't even know if Watch Dogs Legion is going to be ready to so, go. So like, we're like, not going to be on your ass about it. It's the fact that like FIFA, for example, is a game that makes so much money for EA. And FIFA 2021 is probably slated for this fall for uh to, to come out on ps5 and xbox series x if that gets if that then gets delayed like does fifa 2021 just not come out or does it just get delayed into early next year what happens to the call of duty that's going to come out for like whatever the next call of duty is call of duty black ops 4 as it's been or not, black ops 4 black ops 5 or i guess it's a black ops remake that's rumored the next black ops that's supposed to come out this this fall right like yeah it, does that then have two releases, one for current gen this fall, or one for next, and one for next gen this fall, or does it just, yeah. just it get all pushed toward next or next year, not next fall? Um, and I know, yeah, it comes back to the thing of there's other things to worry about right now. Yeah, okay, but I mean, this is right what now. we're paid to worry about, but, what, what we love. And like again, I'm not saying yeah. they don't matter. I'm just saying that for sure, in the grand scheme, yeah, yeah, for like, like so for Sony and Microsoft and all of them, right? Like, yeah. What well, is the conversation being had? You bring up the idea, right, of 
and I think this is the struggle of probably just about every business in America, not specific, but you'll see. You bring up this argument that, well, they have to launch these consoles because their third parties are depending on them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's true, of course, but then it is that hard decision in conversation of can you do it, can you do it right? In the same way the developers, can they make the game, can they do it right? And so it is this whole thing of like, nobody wants to, but I think there's going to be this hard pause because there's no way not to have this hard stop. But then it is that thing of throwing that emergency break on this stuff and trying to figure this out. And and I don't mean stopping and everybody goes on vacation. I mean, what they're doing right now of going home and then reassessing timelines. And it's going to be the same, uh, not literally, obviously, but it's going to be the same effect of throwing the emergency break on a train where everyone shifts forward and like gets thrown down and you get up and you dust yourself off of like, what does this full for the most part, stoppage look like and who is left standing? And, you know, what does this mean for somebody like, and, I, and we always talk, I always joke around about it, but like a THQ Nordic that has like 96 games in production, right? Like, yeah. what the fuck happens when none of those games are coming out on time to make you the money to do your thing? And like, you're talking about tax breaks, you're talking about this, you're talking about credits. Like, I mean, we're going to be talking about layoffs. We're going to be talking about, you know, studios closures. We're going to be talking about publishers that I think we we're like, oh, they're fine not being fine and not being where they need to be. And it's crazy to think about. And I don't mean to be hyperbolic and I don't mean to be alarmist and maybe none of that happens. Maybe I'm wrong. But like, again, the ripples of this going so far out that like, it's so easy to get hung up on. Yeah, well, they owe it to their third parties. Like, yeah, well, the third parties need to get their games done. Well, yeah, but the game developers can't work on their games. But yeah, like, and then you start extrapolating down, 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 down to actually yeah. see what the fuck's about to happen. Like, or what is happening? Like it's not even about it's, you know here in America, unemployment at an unprecedented fucking rate. Yeah, it's crazy right now. It is insane right now. Yeah, yeah. I have had multiple people who are like I'm mutuals with on Twitter talk about how like yeah I just lost my job and just like dude that's fucking crazy. Dude, I mean like you know I you know again I will preface this with we are fine, don't panic. Mm-hmm. But you know going into Patreon. And like there's an exit survey and you go into the exit survey and you see everyone who's canceled their pledge and it's all, I got laid off. I don't have a job anymore. COVID, mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah, you know, it's like, totally get that. I totally get why you can't support us. I'm not, and again, I'm not saying this is not, this is not Greg Miller stumping for praise or uh, uh, pledges. Or help it's or whatever. Me, yeah, exactly. And we're fine. We're, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. But it's just that thing of like, you look at it and it's like, yeah, this has a real effect on so many different things and again we're lucky that you know we've structured the business in a very specific way but back to what i was talking about when it all started of like i shouldn't say that some of your favorite content creators will not be here when this is over they will have moved on to something else because it's not sustainable anymore because all of a sudden everything has shifted around in terms of how you do this and how you make money and how you keep it going yeah and like that, like in, i mean that is every fucking every fucking industry every, like I'm trying to make it out to be like a special every, thing every, legit everything has been affected like yeah. and and from i've from listening to other podcasts like even podcast numbers have been affected because you oh, have yeah. not not as many people taking a commute and so yep. not as many people have to listen to podcasts and then you see numbers drop because of that and yeah. like and again every single fine, yeah every single thing has fine. been affected in such weird ways but yeah uh, to, no but a, a specific example is again we're fine but like hey you notice a lot of shows aren't sponsored anymore and we're like talking about twitch or whatever there's a reason, right? Because people have pulled advertising because of a million different reasons, obviously, but all somehow related to COVID. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a brave new world right now. We'll see where, where where everyone is and how this all nets out. But like, it's fucking crazy. 
And I know that, it, and I hate that every podcast we do now turns into this, but again, mm-hmm. I think it's so rare that we sit here and actually talk about how fucking insane it is to be alive right now. No, yeah. Every every uh, publisher, every uh, PR person I've been talking to recently, you know, uh, you know, they email me about this or that. I booked you that demo tomorrow or whatever online. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's always some part of the conversation where like, and are you guys hanging in there? Are you staying healthy? And I'm like, yeah, but it's that thing of we're all so busy with work that it'll literally be randomly i'm walking for porty or me and jenna on a walk or like we're cooking dinner and it's like hey it's fucking insane right now right like we've all adapted so quickly what the new life has to be like how we make anything in the world work yeah sure but then you sit there you like fucking as we're recording this I, you know there's this thing of like there's a rumor that like boris johnson's on a ventilator like what the fuck is yeah, going on no, it's it's crazy out there and it like I mean, this is not, we're not even talking about PlayStation anymore, but like, I feel like the small talk has changed so much in the last like month. Dude, where we, it's like, know, if, you know, again, for mm-hmm. a million reasons, shout out to my wife. But if it wasn't for her, I would just be, if I wasn't on camera, just fucking slobbishly on the couch playing video games and eating frozen pizza. So she makes me go out for walks. And of course, we're, we're together, but then we're six feet apart from anybody you see in the park or whatever. And every person you pass, the conversation is something you hear it of like, this is what's happening with COVID, you know, blah, blah, yeah. It's like, it's fucking nuts. It, it, like, every conversation I've had, it feels like it is like, yo, things are fucking wild yeah. uh, out there right now. Um, at least we have Animal Crossing. We do have Animal Crossing, even though it's not a PlayStation thing. You have the division of PlayStation if you would just join me. I don't understand. I mean, what. you can play Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, my God. It's God. such a good game, Greg. Rainbow so Six Siege so is the Division 2. So Division 2 is a great game, too. You be, Tom Clancy games apparently are just very good. <laughs> Okay, we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's time to introduce a new segment, Blessing Eddie OU Jr. Oh. It's called Trophies and Chill. Um, we had a lot of trophy talk on here, and I can't fit it all in, so I thought we'd add a new trophy segment that can sub in and out with PSN Profile of the Week so we're not always yelling at somebody about whatever. So today, now and I, you know that I'm very stupid, right, Blessing? This has been stressed to you since We all here are. It's kind of funny. Thank you. So this is... I'm fucking brilliant. Delayla. Delayla. You see this in, the, in there? Blessing, you see on the document? Delayla. I'm saying that right? Because it's not Delilah. That's what you think. Delayla. I would probably still pronounce it Delilah, but it, you, you might be right. It might be Delilah. Kevin, what would you pronounce it as? I don't read no good at all. Thank but. you very much, Kevin. Uh, Delayla says, let's break up this sausage fest and give some love to the kind of honeys. Yeah. Us ladies are trophy hunters slash fans of PlayStation two. Of course you are. Delayla slash Delilah. We know that. And thank you for writing in thinking of the final fantasy seven remake does having early access to games for review, make it more challenging to earn a platinum because of guides that haven't been released. Or do you have early access to power picks and or PS trophies.org guides? So you can track missable and glitch trophies. If you don't have a guide early, do you find yourself replaying a game just to clean up the missables, or does having missable trophies turn you off altogether? Any information you have that speaks to this experience would be extremely helpful as someone who's interested in doing what you do, but also loves those sweet, sweet Platinums. Hit Milestone 100 earlier this year with Sekiru. Well, very good, Delayla. Um, Sadly, uh, yeah, uh, Power Picks... Uh, PS4 trophies on YouTube, uh, Brian over there, uh, they're all bound by the same embargoes as us. So, no, there are no guides for us to privately go to and do anything with. Um, does it make it more challenging? Yes. It all depends on what it is, but so many games, I think, especially ones that I want to platinum that are story-based or uh, whatever, usually wear it on their sleeve in terms of how to do it, right? Like, you know, the last one I remember before launched that i really really wanted and was working really really hard on is the now infamous story 
of in the it was infamous for me because when uh, spider-man came out but then it made headlines like what 10 months later but it was when i was playing spider-man and i was looking through the trophy list and i had two hidden trophies left and i i was texting people at insomniac being like it's the trophy under this i don't know how to get it blah 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 and i hit up brian at ps4 trophies dot uh, no sorry at ps4 trophies uh on youtube and i was like hey what are these ones and he's like you know you can reveal hidden trophies now and i was like what and it was when I found out, like the world did ten months later, that you could hit square mm -hmm. on a trophy and one of those updates that I totally missed and look at the trophy. And I was like, I'm such a moron. And once I had that information, it was easy to get. Honestly, the ability to re reveal hidden trophies has made it so much easier to do. Yeah, like I think of like you know, uh, South Park uh, fractured but whole. I was like, oh uh, no, actually, I, I'm sorry, I take that back. Uh, Stick of truth. I was like playing through, and I'm like, I think this is a, a one playthrough platinum game when I was reviewing it. I'm, I'm gonna try to do it, but. The Chin Pokemon were hidden in so many oh, weird spots, right? And there was yeah. one that was totally missable. And if you didn't get on the space station or whatever. And so, like, I was like, I'll double back later when I the guides pop. And more often than not, when I say that, I never fucking do. So if it's a game that actually requires a guide and I've already reviewed it by the time the guide pops up, it's rare that I'll go back. And if it's another playthrough, that's, for me personally, another playthrough for a Platinum is a huge turnoff because I just don't ever have that much time. Because, you know, I think... It's been fascinating with Final Fantasy beaten to actually play the games I needed for 104 and be excited to play the division again because I have the free time. Because you figure in it was Final Fantasy, before that it was Resident Evil, before that it was the other game we reviewed, before that it was the next it, we've been on so many big reviews here in the spring that I haven't had that time to actually go play the things I want to in quotes. Not that I didn't want to play Final Fantasy, I love Final Fantasy, not that I didn't want to play Resident Evil. You understand what I'm saying though. That even when you're like, I have a hankering to play this. If I don't have, if I have to play something else, that takes advantage over it. And so, yeah, if if I have to play something again, I rarely have the time for it. Blessing is I, I, not a platinum person, even though no. you lying some bitch. Because I saw what the other happened? day we got hit up about a video game. They were like, oh, hey. Yeah. It's an easy platinum. And I saw you go, hmm, easy platinum. I'm like, Blessing, you motherfucker. You know, you're not it's, this platinum. I, I I'm I'm plotting right now because I do mm -hmm. I want to get two platinums this year. That's my goal, and I'm trying to figure out which games I want to do them in. Rainbow Six Siege. I was talking about this last week that I was looking at the trophy list and I was like, hmm, this seems very doable, but it's a lot of rank matches, and I don't necessarily like playing rank matches no, in Siege because no, no, people like get very competitive. Um, Overwatch was another one I was looking at, but like there are a few trophies in that that also are like pretty difficult, and also that requires you playing all the different characters. And I definitely like playing as my my few mains um yeah the, the game we got i was like oh man I'm, that might that might be the one because that's the game that I was, i've been looking forward to playing for a while but i, I mean you could say it. it's out now it doesn't matter uh, is it yeah it wasn't in the drop because i that's I was, I was thinking about making it like my drop game because i i, I might have I, I i was looking into it i was thinking about it but well, yeah that would have been, been a complete fucking violation of the rules if you would have it would have been yeah, um, but yeah like i a fine pop agenda game for for oh yeah, Full it is a pop agenda game. Right. I forgot that. Also, Adam, you said yeah. creature in the well, right? I feel like yeah, your creature, mic yeah, popped creature, up. Creature, creature in, the well. in the well. Okay. Yeah. A game represented by pop agenda. Yeah. Developed by uh, Adam and his friend, and Adam is a lovely human being. Adam and Bob. Uh, yeah. Flight School. Yeah. Uh, if you want even more insidious, if you don't know, my my wife is a co-founder of Pop Agenda. They do, they help games with marketing and PR, indie stuff. We always disclose it. I have not played Creature in the Well, so I got nothing to say about it. Uh, oh, it's good. Excuse me, I'm sorry, God, she heard me. She fucking heard me. But Adam and Bo, of course, uh, worked on the best game out of Flight School ever. It was called Island Time VR, in which 
in which there was a, a crab voiced by me, Carl the Crab, everybody. You want a PlayStation VR game, you can set your watch to Island Time VR. The the bummer for me when it comes to trophies and platinums and to the question, Final Fantasy VII Remake has a trophy that involves playing replaying the game on hard. And I it, it that's a bummer to me because, one, I don't think you can play the game on hard originally. Um, I, yeah. No, you I think you have to play... Yeah, you have to play on the normal difficulty and then go up to hard. And so that means you have to do two playthroughs at least in order to get get all the trophies. And hard is just difficult. <laughs> like it's just, it's a very hard mode. Um and so that was that was a bummer because I was actually looking forward to platinuming that game because I love that game so much and I just wanted more things to do. And I and I'm still gonna do more things as I'm playing this game, but that that and that, I guess that doesn't that doesn't have much to do with reviewing, but more so that's just like my, my platinum experience. How's how how it's going so far? It's that's just a sad that, thing for me. And that that's the weird thing. I'm gonna say this again, and I know I'm gonna regret it because it won't happen. Everybody's gonna make fun of me. All right, but again, Final Fantasy done. And we had this. And I think it was a conversation Tim had on Games Daily, right? Of like, is Final Fantasy the last AAA game of the year for the foreseeable <laughs> future? Right? And there is. A likelihood to it, of course, Predator Hunting Grounds, April. Don't forget, everybody, it's coming up real quick. Is that triple A? To me, it is. To me, it is. <laughs> All right. The people made Friday the 13th make another fucking game. Come on, baby. Uh, but it was that idea of like, oh, man, I'm excited to play more Division. I'm excited to play more Borderlands and finish the DLC and get the level cap and all that jazz. But I had that thing of like, I think this is where I re-download Days Gone and finally put my money where. Oh my god! Like, let's see. Let's just platinum it and see if, without the review, with with all the patches they've put on, will I like it more? And then I got fucking super cocky this morning, listening to churches in the shower, and I was like, I should re-download Death Stranding too because I was talking a good game about trying to platinum that. Walk around as Norman Reedus, you know. While you're at it, you want to get Metal Gear going? I do not. <laughs> to the credit of me i still haven't taken away oh you can't see i still haven't taken away the ps3 over there it's still underneath uh, the entertainment console ready to go at any point when i want to get it because i was making a good fucking clip on peace walk so, yeah. no i meant hmm. no five. you're talking about middle gear solid five oh i was beaten by middle gear solid five i'm not going back you can you back? i believe in you well, again, remember we got cocky about that earlier this year where i was like oh maybe i'll platinum peace walker and I, you know what i'm full of shit if it ain't a fucking two-second platinum, I'm not going to do Miller, yeah, if I'm you gonna... start right now, there's a good chance you can get it before Extra Life. In five years later, it's gentlemen. not too bad. We got a post show to do. This has been PSI Love You XOXO episode 14. Thank you for being part of the show, part of the ride. Thank you to everybody for on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games watching live right now. Like, le- oh my God. Remember how you didn't know how to say Levister? Levister's in the chat. <laughs> Tell us how to oh. say your name. Lev Star, yeah, Lev Steer, Lev Year, and Maddock and Mr. Dread. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can watch live on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can get it ad free. You can get it with the post show we're about to do. If you have no bucks to toss our way, you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Podcast services around the globe. Remember, this is PSI Love You XOXO, your playstation podcast we love doing it for you and making it with you please go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games give us your questions your comments your concerns your suggestions for topics everything under the playstation sun until next time here's blessing eddie oye jr singing you a song uh uh snap back to reality oh there goes gravity oh there goes that oh, 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 kevin cut it please please that's m&m that's m&m that is m&m <laughs>